Blog Talk Radio. There is nothing more intoxicating than the meld of emotions and sensations that is Friday night. Friday night is the sound of that crowd, the pride of that community, the way that that grass smells. I've never felt in my adult life the way that I felt on Friday nights. That's what those kids are playing for. They're playing for that emotion. They're playing for that brotherhood and all of that sensory input that comes from Friday night. That's why they're playing high school football in this country. It is this common thread that weaves through the American fabric. Whether you live in Compton, California, or you live in Appalachia, if you played the game at the high school level, you have this common bond of representing that community. Anyone who disparages where the game is based on myriad reasons. I'm not buying it. I'm around the game every day on these campuses. I see the impact it has on these young men. I see the way that these coaches are able to grow high school boys into NFL or professional men. And it's just beautiful. And welcome, everybody, to another Southern Sports Central. Boy, oh, boy, have we loaded up the lines? Have we rolled out the red carpet? Have we done it all from the beginning? Oh, yes, all the way to the end there. Great introduction by the great Marty Smith. He works for ESPN. Talking about the lights, the Friday night lights, and what it means to these young men who, at this moment, they don't realize that it means even more about 20-some-plus years from now. They'll look back and have these memories and these moments and these conversations with these teammates that they played with, oh, back in the day for the love of the game, right? Some of them may make it to the college level, but for some, well, this is it. This is their final destination. This is their senior year. This is all they got to offer. And this, of course, is what we will talk about here tonight as I am Richie Alvin alongside Eugene Benton coming to you live from the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios tonight. Of course, uh, you can find the guys and girls pumping weights and lifting up to get stronger, get better, get physical, mentally ready for the next day. Of course, that's over there at 5913 Loftus Road. That's in Hanahan, South Carolina. The number to reach out is 843-573-7391. We don't have a lot of time because we do have a lot of guests, and we're going to start in just a few moments. I'm going to head back to the uh, well to the hotline early here tonight because I wanted to make sure that I got the commissioner in here from the South Carolina Youth Football Association in. Uh, we've got a lot going on. Ken Brown is going to join us at 630. He just released, by the way, a South Carolina high school blitz, a South Carolina high school blitz, uh, Elite 90 of some sort. We'll talk to him about that at 630. At 7 o'clock, I've got a uh, athletic director, and this is the first. Uh, well, it's not because actually Coach David Bennett has been in here before, but 
He is, of course, the Lexington One athletic director. He's got a handful of high schools under him. He is the gentleman who you saw yesterday, if you watched the South Carolina High School League, um, uh, I guess, Zoom meeting, if you will. He was the uh, one of two gentlemen that had a proposal that at this moment, I say at this moment, hasn't made its way through. And we'll talk more about that as well. Of course, that's a 7 o'clock visit from the athletic director, David Bennett. Now, 7.30, we head to the coaching carousel. We do start off on James Island with uh, the one and only Jamar McCoy. That's right, the real McCoy, who's in his first year coaching the Trojans. He'll hang out with us on the edge of America, coming to us probably from some beach chair on Folly Beach. Well, probably not, but that's where I'm sure he'd want to be coming in from. At 8 o'clock, we're going to go over to Westside, and that's up there in the upstate, in Anderson, South Carolina, where Coach Scott Early is going to join. Now, uh, we're excited about his visit because, yet yeah, we've never made it to the hallways of Westside. So we're excited to get that group of guys and the coaching staff familiar with Southern Sports Central. Then at 8 o'clock, excuse me, 8.30, we head to a familiar name who's been in and out of here multiple times. All we got to do is ask, and he shall appear, and that is the coach – over at Ridgeview High School, Perry Parks is going to join me at 8.30. So you can tell it's a loaded show. And coming up, uh, we will have in just a minute, we'll visit with the commissioner from the South Carolina Youth Football Association coming up here in just a few minutes. But I do want to bring Eugene in. Man, you saw the list early this morning. We released it around noon. And were you surprised about this all-star lineup we've put together? Uh, I, I was not. I was not surprised at all. I was sitting there for two hours and forty-five minutes just on the conference uh, call, you know, and, and I'm watching it and I'm trying to handle the Twitter traffic and you know, and and I would actually just stop and listen to what each person has to say. And you know, while the vote tallies came out to like fourteen to one and then fourteen to two or thirteen to two, you know, there just seemed to be a little more resistance than that. And I get it. That's the executive committee. Uh, you're talking about 16 uh, folks in, in that room who are voting, but, you know, the membership is several hundred high schools or, or so throughout the state. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of those don't feel like uh, they had their opinions heard or their feelings or, or opinions expressed. Um, it seems to me that the uh, one of the proposals, the first one that was floated around, seemed to have a heck of a lot of a sport, uh, support when it came from a lot of the high school coaches, athletic directors around the state. Sometimes, um, you know, Julius Caesar said it best, if you wanted to control a country, you control the Army. And it seems like the Army of coaches and athletic directors are pretty fired up right now. So um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I know that the uh, Lexington has already filed an appeal. Um, but, you know, it, it's – and that's what happens. You know, you get coaches like, like we have coming on tonight. Some may agree, some may disagree with the ruling. Some may agree in part or disagree in part. Um, you know, but I'm sure all of them are going to say, you know what, but I'm a coach. Uh, give me my kids and give me the ball, and, uh, you know, I'll go do my thing at the end of the day. And so, uh, you know, I, I saw the lineup. I saw the area codes, man. I went uh, over there to Costco, and we filled up the bus twice. So um, the bus is parked in front of the studio and ready to get in gear and haul butt. And uh, so, yeah, yeah. we're, we're going to stack show. I'm excited, and uh, let's get this thing rolling. No doubt, definitely going to get it rolling. We'll head to a break. When we come back, I am going to go to the hotlines to Jay Williams, and we do want to kind of separate the intro from the first guest. He deserves an intro of his own, so we'll do that here in just a few minutes. Again, if you would love to follow us and the quotes that are given throughout tonight's show, you can hit that over there on the Worldwide 
web of Twitter. That's right, social media, at SO Sports Central. You can find us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central. And then we're hanging out on the gram for what it's worth at Southern Sports Central as well. So we've got it hanging in and hanging out. We're excited. A lot of things are happening. And, uh, of course, uh, if uh, you haven't heard, we will be up in Charlotte, North Carolina, on 31st of July. That's a Friday. We'll be up there all day. We're going to be bringing you live interviews with coaches and players and instructors and who knows who drops by the uh, the table to mic up and have some conversation. I mean, you know, we're just going to have some fun. We're going to educate you on these combines. We're also looking at another date. Hey, look at this. Already looking at heading to Atlanta. Oh, man, hitting the road again on, uh, I believe that's a Saturday, the first Saturday of the month, if that's the 8th of August. And again, uh, looking to do another camp with uh, another group of guys. So we are doing all that we can do to get you involved with the youth, right? That's what we do here at Southern Sports Central. Also, if you didn't hear the news on Tuesday night, again, we are doing the Home Run Derby over at Shipyard Park. That's going to be on Tuesday, this upcoming Tuesday. Uh, first pitch should be around 6 o'clock. We've up to about five high schools, I think, and we got some sluggers. Uh, so this is going to be at Shipyard Park. That's over in Mount Pleasant. Uh, you can find the information on our Twitter page. There is a, a cost to get in. Here's the reason why, because there's a cost for us to handle this thing and put this thing together, and all we've been trying to do is make sure that, that, that the insurance had to be covered because we put insurance on these athletes. We wanted to make sure that everything that was taken care of, uh, again, was all added in. So, again, you know, what we do is uh, all we can, and, again, when we're given uh, an opportunity to do something, we're going to do that. So, Eugene, if I'm not mistaken, it's an $8 entry fee to get in, right, and all the proceeds are going to go right back into the bucket to the insurance policy to all the ins and outs that we had to do to meet the needs of the guys at the shipyard park, correct? Yeah, no doubt, and, uh, you know, uh, we were going through the contracts today, you know, for the facility use. The shipyard folks cut us a, a deal on that, but, you know, they had to have some people for security reasons to come and open the gates and lock the gates and make sure everything's cleaned up and packed up. Uh, we did have to get a, a small insurance policy to cover in case anybody, the fans or, or the uh, players got injured as well as a COVID policy. Um, so what what we're going to do is, you know, we are going to charge admission. Anything that's over, um, basically us breaking zero, uh, we're going to take that and make a donation to a charity here and. uh in the area and, um, you know, put that to good use. One of the things we were considering doing was, um, you know, the, the 19 foundation and that's, uh, actually not for COVID-19, but for Sergio, uh, he was the guy that was a player, uh, at Oceanside kick for me, but the, the found part, uh, what the foundation does is it takes money and it buys athletic equipment for, across all sports for kids to give them a chance for, you know, kids that may not be able to, to pick up some cleats or shoes or balls or, or pads or helmets. Uh, so that foundation provides, um, you know, athletic equipment, training equipment. So what we're going to do is anything that anything over that breaks us even, that's going to be a donation because you know we're not here trying to make money. We're trying to promote and support uh, athletes. And again, with these 2020 guys, give them a last few times a swing a bat and uh, you know wave the mom and daddy in the stands and grandma. And then for those that can't, you know, make it live, uh, you know, they can listen to us online, and we'll obviously have that information as well. So, yeah, the $8 is just to help us cover recover some costs. Anything over that is going to charity. Yeah, no doubt about it. Now, the goal here is to get the top four guys out of this home run derby, match them up with the top four at the Somerville home run derby. That was Somerville, Ashley Ridge, and Fort Dorchester. So, four of those guys will play these four guys, and it'll be, of course, you know, an eight-man home run derby, and we are shooting – we're shooting big here. We're looking to go to the Joe. 
Chris Singleton and myself have had multiple conversations. We're looking to do something to get some energy inside the confines of those walls over there at the Joe. So that's another reason, right, that we're trying to do what we can, and we will give you more information as it comes out. we got to go to break because when we come back, the Tent Farm Hotline is hot. And we got to check in with the commissioner. He's missed us last week, so he's got some updating to do this week. We'll do all that right out of break, guys. Don't go anywhere. A solid three-hour show is on the way right here on Southern Sports Central, guys. My family and I were suffering with no protection from the hot Carolina sun. I called the Tent Farm, and they told me about their line of ceramic window film. Now I have 99.9% protection from harmful UV rays for the ones that matter the most. You don't have to be a math teacher like me for those numbers to make sense. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. I was driving in extreme Charleston heat. I couldn't take it any longer. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I used to be the victim of bad tents. It was so horrible, I was embarrassed to be seen driving even in my own hometown. I called the tent farm, and they took care of me. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I'm Jonathan Farmer, owner and founder of Tent Farm. Are you a victim of bad tent? Are you suffering from extreme heat? We here at the Tent Farm want to help you with these horrible conditions. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. And let me tell you, it is hotter than ever. It was one of the hottest days that I've seen in quite a while, at least since Saturday today here in Charleston. If you don't have tent on your home, you don't have the tent on your car, in your business, you want to reach out to Jonathan Farmer and the guys, you can do that by calling 843-297-4131, or you can find them on the World Wide Web, and that's at thetentfarm.com. Let's head over to the hotlines. It's now with the one and only, the commissioner. What's better way to start than the big man, Mr. J. Williams? What's up there, Mr. Williams? Nothing much, Richie, man. Uh, thank you and Eugene both for having me on the show uh, today, man. And also, I want to give you guys a shout-out what y'all doing with this home run derby thing, man. I think that's tremendous. Like, uh, you you found a way to give these kids the last swing at a bat and still practice social distancing and give to a charity if you do make a profit. Man, I know y'all give a lot of shout-outs to everybody on your show, but hats off to you guys. That's tremendous. Right? Oh, man. Thank you. We, we appreciate that, man. But, you know, you're right. I mean, it, it, we want to do whatever we can do within the confines, and we really didn't want to charge anything. You know, our goal was to, to just bring them in and, and let them hit it out, right? I mean, balls after balls going, yard after yard, and, and doing what we do. But, uh, you know, we're very blessed to have the communication and have guys like yourself, and you, you're part of a five-star lineup here tonight. And uh, we're starting off with you and talking that youth, man. So uh, let's get up to date, man. A lot of things have come out in the high school league. You, of course – are connected to Woodland High School up there with Coach Cyber, the athletic director, and his incredible crew. But on the local level, at the youth level, again, this is the root, uh, the foundation of football right here that we talk about. What are we? Are we green? Are we good to go? The season still right where it needs to be, or what's the newest and latest updates from you guys? Well, you know, um, we made the decision before the high school even made it to push back our season, and it just so happened it's right in line where they pushed it back too. Um, so as of now, we're still good to go. Everything is green with that. But to be honest, I know you have Coach Bennett later on the show. I watched that whole Zoom meeting the other day. And I really, truly, and this is my personal opinion, loved his proposal that he put on the table. Um, you know, difference of opinion is not to dispute with anybody of how they felt about it, but I love his proposal. Sure. I love the research that he did with it. I learned. I loved how he 
broke down what would be low risk sports and high risk sports and how and and nothing is guaranteed with us dealing with this because it's something that's unprecedented. But at least right. he had some facts to go along with his proposal. The high school league, right. in my opinion, they just kind of said, "Hey, we're going to be on a wait and see approach." And me more than anybody wants football in the fall, I would think. But with Coach Bennett playing, I I wasn't opposed to football in the spring with the way he broke it down. Um, but as of now, the youth, we're going to continue the same way the high school is continuing, and hopefully everything goes solid where we can have a, a good solid season the same with the way the high school is hoping to have. Um, but I, I do think the alternative options still need some consideration, and I'm glad Lexington County has sought an appeal to, to well, look into that what, a little more. Now, and you're exactly right. And, and you know, uh, we're live right now with the commissioner from the South Carolina Youth Football Association. Uh, he nailed it earlier in his conversation two, three weeks ago, pushing their season back actually online with what you've seen with the high school league here in the state of South Carolina. That's a big deal. Uh, they're practicing still. Of course, I saw some of the young guys getting after it yesterday. My son, Mason, plays uh, what I've now changed the name from flag football to social, socially distancing football, right, <laughs> because uh, they don't tackle each other. And, and however, they still find a way to do it. And uh, I kind of labeled them last night, and some of the parents got a little upset. And I said, well, it is what it is until they tackle each other. It's socially distancing football. But uh, it's still football, right? It's football, and, and we're happy with that. But I did see a lot of your guys getting after it last night, Coach, and, and, and good to see. But, you know, you echo a lot of voices that I hear, and, and shockingly, of how many high school football coaches have reached out to me, some that have reached out for Eugene. But I, today alone, have taken 15. Now you make number 16 before this show that called me and said, Rich, I'm honest with you, man. You know, people don't like it because we're, we're creatures of habit. We, we want it early. I understand it. I understand the baseball conversation. But, but for us, it, it works for us during the fall. Or excuse me, during that first part of spring one, I guess. But really, it's a, it's a winter. But nevertheless, you, you echo what everybody said. And, and Coach Bennett, I tell you, the guy could possibly run for, for governor here uh, in, in a few weeks if, uh, if he wanted to because I have heard a lot of positive conversation. Now, I've gotten a little more educated on the baseball guys, right? I had a conversation with a baseball guy who's he, – he's a scout. He's also got some kids that play, but he's a, a former major he's, – he's a former minor league coach right here at the Riverdog. Me and him kind of hashed it out today because I was like, look, i got to figure out what's going on. And then I talked to three baseball coaches today because I just had to figure out why are they so against it. And, and then I'll talk more about that throughout our show tonight because actually I understand now because you don't get anything done in the text. But, uh, Jay, when you look at this thing – you know, it fits perfectly. You know, for me, and again, I say it like this. When high school football starts in January, if this season didn't go that way from the ruling from yesterday that didn't, you know, college football would just be wrapping up. And, and, and there's that with the crowd that still wants football. We all want football in January all the way through April, right? I mean, we all go through this huge depression for three or four months because we're, we're missing football. Well, that fixes it. Because it looks like college, at least the Power Five, are going to still play. Plus, it gives these athletes, if they can, and they allow them to go to recruiting trips, they're not going on a Saturday exhausted, you know, still in their feelings that they lost that Friday night. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot more positive than I think that some people want to look at because it's not the norm. Jay, your thoughts on why you think some of these folks are just not wanting to budge on it staying or moving to January? 
Well, um, I think the biggest reason, like you just said, is not the norm. And then you have to look at in doing the spring. But other states are not. And if everybody's not on one accord, those states that are playing in the fall, they do kind of have an upper hand on the kids that are waiting for the spring as far as scholarship offer-wise, if you're looking at the seniors. Um, because they're getting their film out first. They can get their offers first. It, it, and we both know it's enough scholarships out there for everyone that's talented enough. But I think that's if, just, if I'm just playing devil's advocate, those are the type sure. of things I look at. And then, um, you know, looking at, like, the baseball aspect, I don't know what those guys' argument was to you. I'm listening to the show mm-hmm. all night just to hear that. Um, but I'm thinking, I think one of the arguments may be them having to share kids. Like, if you have a dual-sport athlete, if we did both of them in the spring, like, if we started baseball in right. the fall and it didn't go through successfully, because we don't know, this is an unknown and then we have to cancel, and then baseball has to be in the spring along with football, what are the kids going to choose? And that's another negative I see. But to me, player safety would be more important than letting a kid play two sports. Like, if your safety is is in the best interest and you just have to choose between football or baseball, I'd rather you be safe and miss out on your football or baseball season, whichever one it may be, whichever one you choose, and be safe doing it than playing any one of those sports at a high risk or a moderate risk. Um, and, again, it's unknown, so we don't even know if in the spring of next year this thing will die down or calm down. We don't know. It's an unknown. But we know right now it hasn't died down and it hasn't calmed down. And to play a high-risk sport right now is not in our best interest. And this is coming from someone that runs the youth football league that I want to have flourish and happen in the fall. I want it to happen, but I do realize that alternative could be the better option. Now, some breaking news out of the CAA, if I'm not mistaken, that's the same league that the College of Charleston has their basketball um, conference with. They don't have football, but there are football teams in the CAA report coming out of Bruce Feldman's camp who's done a phenomenal job covering all the breaking news that the conference has authorized that individual schools can still pursue a fall football schedule. So uh, we'll wait and see kind of what's going on with that. Um, Again, there's so many highs and lows. uh, The the MEAC, I believe, has stopped there. That's where South Carolina State plays in. It it is starting to be an issue. Even Buddy Pugh says, as much as it breaks my heart and it saddens me so, it's the right move to make. And here's my other question, and, Jay, I'm going to ask all of our callers this, all the guests that are coming out on this red carpet tonight out of the green room, is North, we look at the states above us in the, in, in the northern side where the political parties live, D.C., Virginia, where they've been closed, it seems, forever, March, and they're just slowly opening up. But they are the ones who are dealing with the lowest cases, if I'm not mistaken. Now, just Earlier, if it was last week, I believe, Virginia announced that they were going to shut it down and maybe try to start something in what the spring season. Now, Washington, D.C., they came out right before the show and said, no fall football. We're also going that direction. Do you not think that there's something there when it's a lot of that political power and they're doing things in this manner, but yet their cases are still low, that, that maybe they may have a heads up? Maybe there's something there? 
It could be, but it, it very well could be. But in this situation, opinion, I don't think there's any right sure. or wrong answer because it's so much unknown. Um, right. I don't think there's any right or wrong answer, but if we side on the side of precaution, I don't think you ever can be wrong with precaution. Like, no, we nobody wants these kids to miss their senior season of football. But you can't get their senior season of football back, but you can continue on with life. If we have a child pass away from catching COVID playing football, they can't get that life back. You know, so life goes on if you miss your senior season. You can go to college in a different route. You can find another field. You maybe can walk on to a school. If you were good enough to get a scholarship, you'll be good enough to walk on. But if, God forbid, and if something happens to one of these kids, you can't get that life back. So siding on the side of precaution is not a bad thing, but there is no right or wrong, in my opinion, in this situation. Like, I know the state of Georgia, they're saying they're playing. Hopefully they don't have any issues and they play and they have a successful season. I know the South Carolina Independent School League, Jesus, they're playing. I hope that they have a successful season with no fatalities or anything like that. I hope that they play successfully. So it's no right or wrong answer, but definitely the proposal that Coach Bennett and uh, I can't remember the other guy that he you know he brought to the table with him, but what they put in place, it was definitely not a bad proposal at all. Um, it was a great proposal in my opinion. It gave flexibility. It had low-risk sports that are already playing now. That was the thing about his proposal that I was so gun-ho about. Like, the sports that he was saying, let's play in the fall, they're already playing now. Like, youth baseball and softball games are being played right now. So for us to say, let's go ahead and play them in the fall season, it's no big thing because they're playing now. I tell you what we're going to do if you um, once we get done here, if you uh, want to keep listening, Jay, you want to hear my answer to that because when we come back from break, I'm going to. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna definitely. I'm listening to the whole show tonight, brother. I may have lost you there, Richie. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I think Richie did uh, drop off this Eugene man. Uh, I was sitting there watching the stats, and I was going back and forth from the programming channel over to the, uh, the thing. It looks like maybe his uh, call dropped for a second there. But, um, it, you know, one thing that's uh, – one thing, you like you were talking about with uh, some of the schools, and, you know, I, I just saw coming across the Twitter that um, Lexington Richland 5, which is uh, Dutch Fork High School, they just suspended all uh, football activities in the district due to a spike in the COVID cases at the same time that they just released. Uh, apparently there's going to be a big scrimmage or sort of uh, Sertoma type thing, you know, like the Citadel used to have. Um, and Dutch Fork was going to be one of the uh, schools participating along with Burns and some others. So I just kind of was uh, hitting those up. And, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. You see one second that schools are canceling practices and shutting things down. So the next second you see them tweeting out that they're going to be participating in a jamboree in about a month. So, I guess, you know, if we're, if we're thinking about it, maybe people are gambling on, you know, maybe these numbers decreasing in a month. So I'm not sure what, what you think about that, but it kind of looks like if people are setting plans and, and making travel plans and setting up buses and kids and, and practices and things like that, that they must either have faith or who knows, man, they're, they're rolling the dice and taking a gamble. 
Um, you can call it a gamble, but I like I like to use a better term. Of, I ain't gonna say the better term. My term I like to use with it is unknown. I think a lot of stuff is unknown, and some people have the mindset is I'm gonna live my life. We're gonna do this, and if my kid want to play football, I'm gonna let him play, and I'm gonna support it. What's Who's to say they're wrong to do? Who's to say that they won't go out there and play in those scrimmages and those games and have a successful season? And that's where I mean, I've, I've always been the kind of person that says, you know, well, if, if kids going to play and parents are, you know, because I know several parents that are my kid not going to play. I know several parents that are, you know, if, if they're playing, you know, he or she's going to be there, you know. And I saw earlier that uh, Blythewood, said, you know, that they're going to start back practice. However, you had to, again, turn it, make sure you had your, you know, the normal physical form due, which is has to be after April 1st, but they also have a COVID release. You know, and I just, for some reason, it seems like I'm surrounded by a ton of parents who are, you know, these kids need to be out there playing. And if they want, if they want to sign a release, we'll sign a release. But it's more important to have these kids out there playing than sitting at home. So, uh, and it may be what kind of where you are geographically or maybe who you're around. I just, for some reason, I seem to be around a lot of parents who are, you know, if, if there's a ball, they're going to go play kind of thing. Well, let me ask now you that, this, there, guys, and I'm going to chime in because here's the thing, Jay, and, and I'm going to lean on you with this one because that, this is something, and we are up against the break here, guys. But, but for me, signing a waiver sounds really good, right? I mean, it sounds like that's the right answer. But what happens when it happens to your child? Are, are you still going to remember that you signed a waiver? Are you still going to say, hey, I signed a waiver. I'm not going to sue you. We are in, this, we are in a suing society here, man. We, 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 we sue people if, if they give us a pack of bubble gum and it says grape and I open it and there's strawberry in it. I, I, just, I understand that the, the, <laughs> the logistics of a, of, of a waiver, of signing a piece of paper, but I'm going to be honest with you. If it's my child, I, I, don't, I can't promise you that I'm not going to go after somebody. But I knew that I took a chance by putting him or her out there. You know, so, so there's two sides to every story, and that's everybody's answer in this thing is, well, we'll just sign a waiver, and little Johnny and Karen, because those seem to be the two people that are most popular in the world, or Johnny and Karen, can go out and play their hmm. sports. Well, what does that mean? That means that you, <laughs> you're okay with that, but what happens, and, and I want you to finish with this one, Jay, and kind of pop you with this last one before we go to break, buddy, but what happens when Johnny and Karen take – to the bad, and, and it gets real bad, and next thing you know, there's nothing but soft songs and slow slow walking going on at a funeral. You don't think Johnny and, and Karen's parents aren't going to sue somebody, even though they signed a waiver? No, they definitely are. That's that's the problem with the waiver. Like, the waiver is right. a waste of time, in my opinion, because even if something happened and you sign a waiver, you're still going to try to sue, even though it shouldn't be that way, because if you decide to sign that waiver, you know the risk you were taking. We're adults at the end of the day, and we shouldn't be putting our children in that situation if you're going to sign a waiver if something happens. But they're still going to sue and still try to pursue you. Like The waiver is just a waste of time. You're printing off those waivers and getting people to sign it. You're just wasting trees and paper because if anything happens to one of their kids, they're going down there and still following the suit, just that and the third. Now, um, I wanted to answer Eugene's question before you got back in. One legit argument that those the parents have, in my opinion, because of the society that we live in, and it's not everywhere, like you said, it's your geographic. If these kids are not doing something productive, 
and it don't even have to be sports. Maybe we need to look into something else to get them into besides sports because of what we're going through in this time. But if they don't have anything productive to go through, a lot of kids will be out getting in trouble, getting into the streets where they don't need to be instead of on a football field. So I see why parents have that mindset, like my son needs to play and not just be sitting at home and doing reckless things and getting in trouble. I I truly understand that. But to say let's rush and play football, let's think of an alternative option to get these kids in so that we can keep them occupied. That's a good answer. I like the alternative, man. It's all about the alternative, and it's all about Jay Williams. Usually right here at 630, we brought him in a little early as he is going to start. Well, this onslaught of five-star guests. Jay Williams, of course, is the commissioner with the South Carolina Youth Football Association, dropping knowledge from here to there and everywhere. Jay, as always, my friend, we greatly appreciate all that you do for the youth, for the community, for Woodland, just for everything here at Southern Sports Central, brother. If there's anything we can do, don't hesitate, man. It's, uh, we're excited. Hopefully we can socially distance, catch up again. I know we're trying to do that, man, but uh, I'm heading up to Charlotte on the 31st. I'm offering you a ride if you would ride up and, and check out some, uh, some things going on up there at this camp that they're putting together, brother. Let me check my calendar, and I'll definitely get back to you. 31st is a Friday. Friday. We can that definitely make that happen, brother. Yeah, we can make that happen. Right, we'll you got it, buddy. God bless. Stay safe. Stay socially distanced, and we'll see you next week. All right. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only. Of course, that is Mr. Jay Williams. He is the South Carolina Youth Football Association Commissioner. That's right. So we're taking a break, and I'm not sure because uh, Mr. Ken Brown has been in meetings as we have all been in meetings throughout the entire day. Got a lot of things happening behind the scenes, guys. And I tell you, seniors, just hold on. There's a lot happening. We're going to take care of that class of 2020. We're also going to take care of this football class of 2021. And we're going to keep taking care of as many as we can. And that's what we do here at Southern Sports Central and our partner in the upstate, the South Carolina High School Blitz. Now, Miss V may call in. We may get in here with Ken Brown. But what we will do when we come back, I'm going to tell you, and Eugene, and I will debate this, we'll conversate this, is what the baseball coaches are saying to me of why, of why, uh, of course, um, they are not happy about the season that could be. You're listening to Southern Sports Central. Staying positive, staying local, staying hungry. We're talking more coming out of break, guys. Don't go anywhere. In a time full of war and peace In a time full of doubt, just believe Yeah, there ain't that much difference between you and me In a time full of war and peace In a world full of In a place that needs change 
Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yeldon. A great song for this time. I tell you, we got a lot of that going on. Be the light. Be the difference. And that's what we're trying to do here at Southern Sports Central is having a positive conversation. As I want to thank Jay Williams for joining us here for a few minutes from the South Carolina Youth Football Association. He is the commissioner. He's also part of the staff up there at Woodland High School in uh, Dorchester, South Carolina. That's just a little bit outside of uh, the big bright lights of St. George. And I, I know you may have never heard of St. George, but we've all heard – uh, about the Grinch Festival. I mean, I definitely can tell you that's not happening. I did find out uh, there, there was another in Anus. They, they canceled their their festival, too. So a lot of festivals are being canceled. A lot of things are happening. Uh, and I did get in touch with a bunch of different baseball guys, Eugene, and, and, and one of those, I'm not going to release the coaches that talk to me, but I'm going to give you uh, some answers I got. Now, one of the baseball coaches around the state said, other states are pushing football to the spring, have different plans for baseball than the Lexington plan which cuts our season in half, which is not cool, especially after losing last year. A lot of states are still pushing forward with football in the fall, which eh, we'll see. I've seen a lot less uh, than a lot more. We'll see how that works out. Now, moving all of these seasons around isn't just some quick fit. It has to have multiple ramifications. And that word, of course, uh, by a high school uh, baseball coach here in South Carolina who spoke uh, about why he is not a, a com- completely happy. And, again, you know, they're looking at taking their seasons and, and putting it in half and, and things. It's just a tough deal. You know, these guys were just shortened the season before. I'm, I'm trying to be understanding, Eugene, on the baseball front, because I did talk to a, another gentleman who comes in here, and, and he made some great points as well. And one of those, uh, of course, is this is going to have an effect on the world of baseball college-wise for sure. Uh, whether it's state of South Carolina or others, because South Carolina is not the only state, by the way, that's, that's looking at other options. Other states have already, well, adopted those options, it looks like, or something like that. That being said, recruiting comes into conversation. How many players are on a team? You know, th- there is so many more things than it just being a quick fix. But, you, you know, here's the thing. And, and this is what I ask a lot of these guys, and I understand that. And, and if you're willing to take it and, and not play in the spring because these cases begin to start to soar and they start to kind of get out of control. And then the same thing that happened last year happens next year, right? Or this past season happens next year. You know, there's that conversation. And then the the one argument they have is that, well, Rich, you know, if we play, you know, here in the, in the fall, we won't even play an entire year calendar year in the year of 2021. So, you know, there's a lot of give and take there. There's, if they're only going to do eight games, you know, your body's ready. It, it, it's built up. It's ready to rock and roll. Then you're only going to give them eight games. Then, then some parents have reached out to me and said, well, 
I'm going to let them play during the high school week, but their high school coach better understand I'm taking them to travel ball weekend. So, you know, there is this, this huge conversation, Eugene, and, I, and I'm going to kind of let you speak a little bit because I know you've got some friends that are close to you and some parents that have reached out to you. And, again, baseball fans, look, I'm not trying to, to downgrade your importance because I can tell you that talking to, you know, Landy Cox up there and, and, and Monk's Corner up there at Berkeley High School, he is poised for an, just an impressive season coming up. And he wants to play a full season because he feels like this is it. But I've also talked to the baseball coaches over there at Ashley Ridge, and they're feeling like this is their year. They got a lot of dudes coming back. Eugene and I talked to a lot of their guys. They're ready to go. And then Bo Sharpie's at Somerville. He's like, whoa, wait a minute. Don't forget about us. This is what we do at Somerville. We play baseball. We're not just football. So, uh, Eugene, I'll kind of let you talk about maybe the Oceanside guys. And I know, of course, Wando's got some – hey, they got some ballers too, brother. Yeah, you know, there's so much talent um, this year, especially in the uh, the rising year uh, or this coming senior year, so the class of 2022. So, you know, and, and I understand the guys were really upset. And it wasn't that, you know, hey, you flip-flop this season. That wasn't their fear. In the sense, it wasn't even the fear that if you flip-flop the season plus – you know, we go down to, I think, 16 games, I think, with the election proposal. That wasn't their fear. Their fear was you, you, meaning the high school league, the state, the government, the virus, the whatever, the you could be anything. The point was they just lost an entire season. Some of them had practiced going back to conditioning in December, uh, a little bit of practicing, get together in January and, you know, February, March. They just had their first couple of tournaments. Some teams have played five games. Some teams have played seven games and then done. And their fear was because there's so many unknowns, if they jump back into this and they were the first one out of the gate in August slash September and all of a sudden some numbers went crazy, some kids got sick, whatever, even if it wasn't as serious as a death or whatever, you know, something like that. But if kids had gotten sick uh, and they shut it down, then they would be two seasons gone. And their feeling was, well, you know, you're risking my second season, um, Right. With the hopes of having a football season. And they just felt like it wasn't just the coaches thing. It's like, you know, not every kid plays football. You know, some kids just play baseball. Some kids play both. But the, the upset and I think anger and fear was that, you know, you could be costing me two seasons just so football can have one. And that's going to be right. – that was kind of the overwhelming, uh, I guess, you know, opinion that I heard you know, on that side of, you know, this isn't fair and, you know, kind of pouting and mad, so to speak. Yeah, and, and I, you know, I, I understand, and I, ooh, the pouting and mad, man. You've got to go to some of these parents, and you have to deal with that quote you just said. And <laughs> that was Eugene, by the way, guys. That wasn't me. Uh, and, and I had this conversation, and here's what I'm going to encourage you to do, because I actually decided this one individual and I, again, I'm not going to say his name out on the air because I'm not, I'm not about that life, all right? But I am about saying this. Is that a problem with this gentleman at one point? I just picked the phone up and called him. I said, yo, man, why is everything I'm posting? You decide to want to bust up on my timeline. Like, what's, what's going on? Talk to me, brother. Tell me why you're so passionate about this. What skin do you have in the game or don't have in the game? Or why are you so big on this, this one angle about do this and do that? And, and he explained it to me. And we actually had this thing called a conversation. It's pretty neat. That phone is just not a texting tool. It's also a conversation tool. So we did that. And um, that was amazing because I came out looking at it maybe a little bit different. And my heart goes out to these guys. But I would sure hate for them to not even have a chance. And you're saying there's a chance. I get that. But here's another thing. Numbers that are coming out today aren't looking very pretty. Aren't looking very pretty for anybody to start playing in the fall. And, and so there is that concern, too. So, you know, there, the fear 
of it possibly even when the high school league met yesterday for three and a half hours and there was a handful of topics they talked about. And again, I'm not going to sit here and, and say this, that, and the other. I'm going to say, look, like I told you, before they met up on Wednesday, we talked about it on Tuesday night. I said, whatever they decide, that's what we're going to do. We're going to go with it. And, and that's just what it is. We're going to rock and roll. We're going to roll this party, whether it be in January or it be in August or September. So this is what we're dealt with. We play the cards we're given, right? When you vote, you vote for whoever. If that person you didn't vote for gets in, you got to roll with that guy or that girl. That's just the way it works. I mean, again, complaining about it doesn't fix anything. Complaining about it just breeds more complaining and more complaining. And I'm kind of tired of hearing about it. It's like everything on my news feed is, is, is what we can't do. I said I was at a live Facebook earlier today coming to you from a beautiful location, which I wish I was there now. However, I said the same thing. You know, we're going to try to do as much as we can. That's why at 7 o'clock we're going to get Coach David Bennett. He is, again, the Lexington One Athletic Director. He's coached football for a long time. Of course, he coached in college up there at Coastal Carolina. He coached actually uh, a few other spots. He was the athletic director of my former high school soccer team. And he's got a lot of dudes out in the streets that are like, hey, man, I'm all about it. I love what he has to say. You just heard Jay Williams. He loves it. I talked to some other coaches. Again, I'll let them come on the show and say I love it. But there's a lot of guys. There's a lot of coaches. This is where I'm struggling, guys. There's a lot of coaches that coach football that like this idea. And if you're a coach that coaches football, and you don't like this idea of the Lexington proposal, then I would love to hear from you. But I'm yet to hear from one coach, and I'm sure there's one out there. There might be a whole guru. Well, how many high schools in South Carolina? 320, Eugene? Does that sound right? That does sound right, man. There you go, Eugene. And we, we get to about 320, so I'm wondering, is there, is there any? And, and here's the other thing. You know, they sent out, if I'm not mistaken, Eugene, they sent out, and I heard this yesterday, I just need you to make sure you validate or, or at least correct me if I'm wrong, a questionnaire about, you know, certain things, and they only got like 30 responses or 40 responses out of 320. You cannot in any way, shape, or form get an, an accurate answer from 30, 30 schools out of 320. I mean, to me, yeah, no doubt. That's, not, that, that's not enough information. That's not enough. That's, that, that, to me, calls for a re-election or a redo or whatever it is because that's, that's just not enough yays or nays in my book. When you got 320 schools and only not even a, a, a small percentage of them responded to you. What it was is that he said that they sent it out to everyone, um, and there were some questions about, you know, well, if we're going to start athletics in the fall, are we starting football in the fall? Uh, and then the next one was, you know, are you willing to flip the the, not, the lesser and non-contact sports to the fall and the others to the spring? Um, and it wasn't so much that they sent out 230 or 320, whatever it was, and only 30% responded. Um, some, some of the others did, but then he said, you know, he said they left it blank. They didn't respond to anything on any season. And then when people got on the call, they were like, well, we just don't know. Well, we just don't have enough information. And so that's kind of was the overwhelming majority of, well, you know, we just don't know. We don't have information, and everybody wants a guarantee. And, you know, there's, there's going to be no guarantees. There's no guarantee that, that anyone is going to get sick, and there's no guarantee that everyone won't get sick. It, there's just not, it's just not possible. It, you know, it's just not possible right. to say that there's no guarantee that, that no child in the state of South Carolina or in the southeast, we see it every summer, some, you know, innocent child is coming out for football practice and conditioning, 
you know, passes away from, from uh, heat exhaustion or, or some type of, like uh, Mr. Singleton brought up, some undetectable heart uh, issue, and it happens. Unfortunately, it does, and it seems to happen every year. Um, but, again, there's no guarantee, and people were just hounding both the Lexington guys and Mr. Singleton on on a guarantee. And like he said, you know, we, sent, we right. took the time to send this survey out, and only so few schools responded. And then on top of that, they left the questions blank. So there was really no feedback that they could gather a lot of things. So they was like, he said, you know, we just sat down with my staff and we said, okay, then let's come up with our own plan. Let's come up one from the high school league and put that out there as well. Right. Well, here's another thing. And I'm going to say this to media and media. Let me tell you something. If you have an inside, if you have an inside and somebody gives you a piece of paper and they say, look, this is just for you. If you need to be that guy and you need to save your job, by releasing something, don't do it. Just take a chance and don't do it because somebody is trusted in you to give you a piece of paper to not hand out, to not, to, to, to not share with the world at this time. That doesn't mean you can't share it down the road, but there's a reason that they give it to you, say, look, take a look at this. Don't abuse the privilege that somebody trusts in you because you're messing it up for the rest of us. All right? That being said, once it gets released, I, I'll share it. I have no problem because it didn't come from me. And I'll give you my source. I'm not the guy that's going to say I've got a source. Let me tell you, if Southern Sports Central posts something, we're going to tell you our source. We don't, we don't play the game of a Houdini deal. Nope. Never been into magic. Don't know much about magic. And the only fan I was ever a fan of is Magic Johnson, right? And he was with the Lakers. That's about the only magic I do, you know, as far as, you know, I got a source. I don't do the source thing. Just tell us who you got, and let's move forward. That being said, yesterday, the proposed fall season by the South Carolina High School League that was presented, that was passed, and uh, at least going to look at it again, I think, maybe in two weeks, for fall sports, the new start date is moved from July 31st to August 17th. For the first day of practice for all the sports, start date will be reviewed within week one prior to determine if it's possible to start on a specific date, it's determined that it's not possible, then anticipated start date will be moved or delayed to no less than one week from the original start date. Each start time date is moved slash delayed. The length of the sports season as well as the playoff will have to be evaluated to determine the best option for each sport. Now, again, we'll release this once again. It has football. It's got girls' tennis and volleyball swim for the girls uh, and golf, of course, swim and girls' golf, excuse me, cross-country and competitive cheer. All of those sports uh, are part of this beginning to this, right, to this module that we're looking at getting into here for the upcoming season. Now, again, a lot of that changes. A lot of that changes, Eugene, if by chance, that these cases continue to climb. And I think today I haven't seen the numbers because it's been quite a very busy day. I've had about three or four Zoom calls. I've had tons of other things going on, lining up the guests to come in here today and tonight. Um, I believe it's a record high. I think things are, again, continuing to climb up. And, and I wonder how much of this is from the 4th of July, right? That's about, what, two weeks ago, right, Eugene? Well, no, and, and actually I know yesterday the numbers went down a little bit. Uh, I think we're starting to see just a hair. And when I say down, they're not dropping like hundreds. They're dropping like – and then you'll see a day to go back up. 
Um, and it's not necessarily right. from, from the 4th of July. Uh, we are testing more. Now, I'm not saying anything about that because some people say, well, when you test more, you're going to get more in the positive number. Also, well, you have to look at the, the positive rate. And that's like if, if they give 10,000 tests, do 2,000 people come back positive? That's a 20% rate. What we've heard all along is, you know, anything above 10% is, is not good. Um, one other thing is, you know, the state opened up uh, so many free testing facilities. I know they had them up all over Somerville and North Charleston uh, last Friday, Thursday and Friday, I believe, and Saturday until 3 o'clock. You know, people are rolling by and getting tested. So the more you test, so that, that number is going to be larger. Like, you know, if you test 20,000 people, you might set a record high positive of 3,000. What you really got to look at is you got to look at the percentage positive number. So if they test 500 people and 20% test positive, that's bad. If they test 600 people or, or 100 people and 10%, that's getting a little better. They'd like to see it around 10% before, you know, government agencies and things start to feel a little, quote, unquote, safer. Uh, so that's one number you really got to look forward to is not the number of positive, but the percentage of positive. And if it's at 20% where it's been lingering, yeah, you know, I think for probably a month, a little longer, that's, you know, what these guys are saying, that's not a good number to have. Yeah, anything positive right now is definitely not where we want to be at. Of course, uh, you know, I was on John's Island through some of the day-to-day, and I saw, you know, one of the schools there, I believe, were, were doing their testing there. And I am very much seeing – the awareness of people wearing masks more than normal. You know, I'm seeing people taking this to the next level because I think that that they're quite frankly, you know, they're seeing numbers. They're seeing places like Arizona and there's another state. They're they're asking for freezing uh, these tractor trailers, the trailers that have the freezing units on it for uh, the morgue purposes, right? And and again, it's not all COVID cases, right? I understand that, but, but nevertheless, because of COVID, because people are using the beds and others that need beds for other purposes in hospitals, you know, these numbers are definitely doing what they're, they're doing. Again, I don't want to get into much COVID, and I know we kind of, kind of went off on an ADD moment there, but I, I'm just going to tell you this. I'm just going to tell you this, is that it's your responsibility, as it is for your children, as it is for your family members, your grandmothers, your mothers, your fathers, it is your responsibility to kind of continue to, to, to do what you need to do within the walls of your house, right? And I understand that. And, and I heard that today from a lot of folks telling me, well, Rich, you know, we can get back into this and get back into that. I know Dorchester County just released a, a plan about you can either go to school or you can go online. And, and, and there's, there's a lot of that conversation. And, and again, there's so many what ifs and, and, and what can, right? There's a lot of that going on. But at the end of it all, we'll, we'll wait and see. And I think that's kind of where it is. And, and here's what I think. When you go back to that list, and, and I applaud, number one, I, I do applaud the South Carolina High School League for, for putting something together. That's all I wanted. I wanted something. Give me a direction, something to work with. And then, like, you know, almost like you're, you're taking, you know, back in, in, in the younger days of art class, you used to have this little thing that you would mold together and make like a jar or something with clay. But that's kind of what we're doing here. We're trying to mold this, this proposal to make it realistic. You know, and I applaud those in Lexington County for putting something together. Gave us something because we had nothing. We had nothing to go on. We had kids calling. We had kids asking, kids wanting to know, are we going to play baseball? Are we going to play badminton? We're going to go under and do some underwater vacuuming. What are we doing? Are we playing football? You know? And the poor wrestlers of America, God bless you guys. Because I don't even see it. 
And everybody says, well, you can do this and that and the other. Anything outside of your home, I feel that you can do outside in, in, in an open area a lot easier than in the gymnasium. The gymnasium brings a whole different avenue, right? I mean, you see grocery stores. When you go in one way, you got to come out another way. Everybody's wearing masks. I don't know if these basketball players are going to have to run up and down the court wearing masks. I have it on throughout the day. I know a lot of you guys do. It's hard to breathe. It, it is hard to, to get through your day. But uh, we'll, we'll get more into it because we do have to head to break. Coming up next, top of hour two, we start off with now an athletic director. And this guy has done some big things, and he put together a big proposal uh, with another gentleman. We'll get his name as well. And they proposed it just yesterday for the high school league, and they went through. And I'm going to tell you something. I know for a fact that David Bennett and a lot of those guys that put this thing together went through and talked to a lot of coaches. And I've heard from multiple coaches just today alone that said, Kudos to Coach Bennett for everything that he did, putting that list together. And uh, they were really excited about the plan. And they still feel today that it could still happen. So we'll wait, we'll see, but we will be right back as you're listening to Southern Sports Central Live right here on Blog Talk Radio. You can follow us on the web, on social media, Twitter at SO Sports Central, and on Facebook at Southern Sports Central. Guys, we'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yellow alongside Eugene Benton coming to you live from the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios here in Somerville, South Carolina. Without further ado, we go back to the, the Set Farm Hotlines with the one and only, of course, 
the most popular man right now in high school sports, uh, the athletic director for Lexington One, Coach David Bennett. What's up, Coach? Hey, good. How y'all doing? <laughs> We're good, man. I always want to give you one of those big, you know, introductions, man, because uh, I, I first of all want to say thanks for giving me some time tonight and our, and our listening base and all the coaches that are listening across the state and players and parents uh, for what you did yesterday. Again, just giving us a plan, right? Giving us at least an opportunity of a direction, something that we can start to at least work with. And, uh, again, I've already told you off there how many guys called me already. But, uh, you know, I, I thought it looked good, Coach. And for the kids, I thought it was a pretty good situation for them. Well, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about the kids. And, you know, if you want to try to have a high-risk sport like football right now in, on the high school ranks, we don't have the capability like a, the NFL or our five uh, conferences to test everybody all the time and, you know, put kids one in a room. These kids are going back home to their families. And what we want to do, you know, athletics are huge in the education process. And so if we can find a way to have athletics and do it from low to moderate in the fall and spring, and what we're talking about is National Federation ranking sports of what's low risk, what's moderate risk, what's high risk. And we take the high risk sports and we move those to the spring and we have a spring one and a spring two. I just think it makes common sense. You, if we don't have fall sports, there's a good chance we won't have winter or spring. But we got to get through fall first and do it in a safe fashion. And our, our proposal was bringing baseball, softball to the fall. If the baseball, softball coaches don't want to do that, then then I think that would be their loss because they would have two chances to have a season. They lost it last year, but that's a moderate to low-risk sport. They're playing travel ball now. Why not come on and play early November? I just think, you know, and, and our plan, I really I don't – it's almost like you didn't have a chance from the get-go, but that's okay. We've got a young executive committee with the high school league, and they're learning. But there is a process, and, you know, that's one strike. And the last time I checked, you get three strikes when you get in that batter's box. And we're appealing it with the appellate panel, uh, which we hadn't heard the date yet when that will come, but it can't come quick enough. We're live right now coming to us from uh, Columbia, the capital city here in the state of South Carolina, with the one and only coach David Bennett. He is the athletic director for Lexington One, where he's got a slew of teams under him and, of course, uh, schools under him. Coach, you come at it from a different angle, and I love the fact that Lexington County and you've seen Charleston County and some other counties around, Horry County has it as well, where they've got an athletic director kind of like a commissioner role. And I don't, know, I don't know if that offends you guys by using the word commissioner, but it's just a different title, another opportunity, another set of eyes. You know, when you do this, I like it because you aren't just looking at one school. I think it was, what, five schools that you ever see, Coach? Yeah, we've got five high schools and – eight uh, middle schools, 17 elementaries. But, uh, you know, you realize as you get older and try to keep getting wiser and learning every day, you know, it doesn't matter what sport it is. I know, you know, uh, swim, tennis, golf, cross country, you know, might not make money like uh, football does, but those kids are important. Those kids need to have their season. They need to compete. It's good for their mental health. And being part of the team, there's nothing like being part of it. And so, we don't want to. We don't want to lose fall athletics. We want to find a way to make it happen and let it be safe, and that's our whole plan and our proposal was to do that. And what we 
you know, as our executive committee, again, eight of those members, it was their first meeting. As they get older and wiser, you know, our wish looking back, it's always good to be hindsight. Uh, you can see a lot more. Well, I wish they'd have tabled our proposal and said, we're going to take this thing and tweak it and work on it and get with the high school league. And, you know, because it's not competition on a proposal. The deal is what we want is what's best for the kids and the coaches. And we want low to moderate risk sports that the National Federation, they have ranked sports of what's high risk, moderate, and low. We want to have athletics. We want to find a way to do it. And that was the whole reason for our proposal. And we've got a great team in Lexington 1. Our uh, superintendent, Dr. Greg Little, he is a rock star. And Jeff Caldwell, Clark Cooper, uh, Matt McCormick are on our team. And we worked together on that proposal together. And so we started on a Saturday morning texting where I texted Dr. Little and Jeff Caldwell. And I said, hey, what about moving football to the spring, having four seasons, and shortening the seasons to 10 weeks. You know, go six or seven football games, start the playoffs, and uh, and shorten everything like baseball. So 24 games, go to 16. Having a short, a little shorter season is better than having no season at all. When these kids in the spring this past uh, season in South Carolina got the rug ripped out from under them, I said, you know, they'll never get that back. They, Especially those seniors. They missed out on their senior year. So this whole plan is a – is what we want to put in place, and we're taking it to the pellet panel to say, hey, let's give all kids a chance to compete in high school athletics. Start with low to moderate risk sports. Live right now coming to us from Columbia, South Carolina. He is the athletic director for Lexington 1. Coach David Bennett joining us here on the Tent Farm Hotline. Of course, uh, you know, Coach, the financial part of football, and this is something that we keep having – you know, it brought back to the table of what all that it takes care of and, and how important to have football is. Not that we don't appreciate, like you mentioned, swimming or, or any other sport that's out there, competitive cheers out there. Of course, wrestling, you don't even hear anything about that. And that, to me, is one of the one sport that I think is going to be the hardest to get on the mat with everything going on. But to that's have football, it, it's a must, right? Yeah, wrestling's the number one high-risk sport. And, uh, they, they get in there and get after it. There's a lot of sputum. I didn't even know what the word sputum was, but that's the spit, you know, that comes out of your mouth and your nose that contracts this virus. So uh, the thing the, the thing that concerns me is, yes, we high school sports, they need football. They need that gate for other sports to exist. Uh, there are other ways to get sponsorship, but to me, having football go to spring one and play it in February and March, to me, is a lot better chance than us forcing it down people's throat, trying to make it happen in the fall, and then going, well, if it doesn't happen and it gets banged, we move it to the spring. To me, that's not prioritizing the kids. That's prioritizing money. And we should never put money ahead of the safety of the kids. And so that's why our whole plan was to take football and competitive cheer, number two and three, by the National Federation, of your high-risk sports and pushing them to February and March. And what's crazy is cheer coaches are reaching out. Football coaches are reaching out saying, we love this plan. And that's what's crazy about this whole thing that, uh, you know, again, just looking back, wish the executive committee would have tabled it 
But as they get older and wiser, they might do things like that. It was a first meeting for a lot of those folks in there. And, uh, you know, it's just one day at a time. You know, you learn every day. I learned today that the MEAC canceled football. And that's South Carolina State, and that's from Florida all the way up to Maryland. You know, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, and uh, they canceled the season. We don't want that. We don't want to cancel fall athletics. We don't want that. That's why our whole proposal was low to moderate risk. Put the high-risk stuff on the back end so we can have some sports in the fall. And, and we still stand behind that. Live right now, heading up in, in Columbia, South Carolina, with the athletic director for Lexington One, Coach David Bennett, him and his group of guys and girls, put together a great, I thought, proposal, an opportunity, if you will, to have a season and a few other seasons, at least, like you said, Coach, it guarantees at least a little bit of a baseball season because I'm pretty sure if you ask the class of 2020 – if they wanted to at least play one more game, because we've actually been putting together some home run derbies, and they're coming in drones wanting to hit them out of the park. Even some of the girls playing softball are like, hey, I'll even take a shot at the baseball and come back and do it. They would say yes, because at least you guarantee one, and one is better than none, Coach. You know, I know you've had some baseball coaches kind of have that conversation about, look, we don't want to shorten the season. But like you said, at least it's a season, because there's no guarantee that we play any sport come spring of next year. Yeah, I mean, if you're a baseball, softball coach, why would you not want to try the fall? You got two chances. If it don't work out in the fall, you can move to the spring. You got your field. Nobody else shares your field. Uh, I was disappointed in talking with some baseball coaches though around the state. You know, I think ours in our district are on board. They're great guys. But when a baseball coach says, oh, we got travel ball all the way through September, I'll make an extra little bit of money on travel ball I've got kids want to go to a showcase for a weekend in October. I thought, my goodness. Even I had one baseball coach I about fell out. said, I, I want my weekends in the fall so I can go watch college football. I said, are you kidding me? This is about doing what's best for our kids, man. you got to adjust. And so uh, as we move through this and go through this appeal process, the whole deal is it's all about these kids giving them an opportunity. Travel baseball is going on right now. Travel softball is going on right now. Travel volleyball is going on. Travel basketball is going on. But for high school sports, we need to find a way to adjust. And everybody's got to give a little bit. Don't You know, if you're a taker in this world, you need to step back and say, I need to give a little bit. I need to give and not get the season that I normally have. And, yeah, I might have a shorter season, but that's better than not having anything at all. Yeah, I agree with you. We're live right now having this conversation after a three-and-a-half-hour Zoom meeting yesterday. And, uh, of course, uh, Coach David Bennett, he is the uh, athletic director for Lexington One, puts together an answer. Not a we can't, it's an I can. We can move forward together. And, again, that's what we want. We want a bunch of can-dos. We teach athletes this every day. We, as athletes, a former athlete myself, I'm kind of shocked and appalled at some of the answers that I've heard about this why this can't work. Because, again, we already know what can't work, right? We've been down this road. And so now, you know, for me, Coach, and I, and I just saw Washington, D.C. jump on this wagon of playing football in the spring or at least in January. If there's five or six other states, it, it can't be that bad of an idea, Coach. Your thoughts on seeing Washington, D.C. today jump on this same exact plan? Yeah, you know, look here. I, I still think of myself as a young guy, but people think I'm getting a little bit older. And uh, I was hoping our state would be at the forefront in our country of doing what's best and safest for our kids. 
And that did not happen the other day. But we're not going to stop because it's way as you get older and wiser, you realize it's way bigger than just football. It's about every child. And so uh, we'll keep fighting the good fight. I, I, we have been blown up with calls, emails, and texts from uh, principals, ADs, coaches around the state that said, Coach, y'all, y'all did a good job. Please keep up the good work. Keep up the fight. Don't give up. I even told one guy, he said, so sorry y'all didn't win. I said, that, look, that was one strike. Last time I checked, you get three. And uh, only one person who's a great friend of mine reached out and said, Coach, I think we need to table this and back the high school league. And I told him, I love you, brother, but I, can, I respectfully disagree with you because I want what's best and what's safest for all the kids, all the student athletes, and we are not going to put football first. And so we will continue to fight to do what we feel is right for all the kids. Great points here brought to you by our buddy up there in the uh, Midlands. He represents Lexington 1 as the athletic director, David Bennett. Of course, he's coached uh, around the state, around the country, I'd imagine. But I know he was a college coach at Coastal, did great things at Coastal. Of course, that's my stop around up there at Myrtle Beach. He was actually the athletic director at my former high school at Sockety. And here he goes running four or five schools in the high school level and a ton under him as well. Coach, the one thing that I was curious yesterday, and I don't know if it was said because I kind of got lost in some of the – after the first hour and a half, I, I got a little confused on some of the things that were going on. But recruiting, right? Recruiting uh, is still a thing, right, for these seniors that are coming up and the juniors. How does this plan that you have – and how does how does overall – because it's not just our state, it's the rest of the country. The other ten schools that are changing the way that they run their sports programs and flipping some things around – has the colleges and the NCAA reached out to you as an athletic director over multiple schools and said, we're, we're going to change a few things on recruiting? How does this work out going forward as well? Well, this whole plan started on Saturday morning again, texting Dr. Lull and Jeff Caldwell, and we talked about moving football because we knew it wasn't going to be safe. And uh, Dr. Little, our superintendent, who is a phenomenal, energetic leader, man, he, he loves it all, academics, athletics, arts, and he said, reach out to your college buddies. Reach out to your colleagues and see what they're thinking. So I started with the big schools and then started working down to the mid-major schools, the FCS schools, D2. And, uh, you know, I even reached out to some coaches on the college level, football, baseball, and a great friend of mine who's a baseball coach in North Carolina at a college said, God, I think it's a great idea. I wish we would have leadership to look at that because – you know, I'll say this: this is this is not normal times. This is not a, a everyday deal with this pandemic. So I think you have to think outside of the box. And so again, that's what we've done because you know the NCAA can always make adjustments. You know, I saw the NCAA president came out today said, "If things don't change, I I don't even see fall sports happening." Yet we're trying to play football, the second highest risk sport. And my older brother, he's a rec director of Clemson. He's a sports guru. He said, college football don't want to move to the spring. All them big-time programs got them big-time players. They'd probably say, I'm not going to play. I'm going in the draft. Well, high school football isn't that. And so we got to do what's best for our kids. The NCAA, they can adjust to that. The bottom line, if you're playing a sport, you can film it. You can have footage to send out. You know, if, if the college coaches can't be there in person, there's always avenues and ways to adjust. 
in this time that we're going through this uh, COVID-19 virus, we got to think out of the box. That was that. I'll, it was very disappointing because uh, to go into that uh, proposal Wednesday uh, yesterday, and I didn't feel like we did enough out of the box thinking. Again, I wish our executive committee would have said, "Let's table it," but they will. They'll do things like that as they get older and wiser. Live right now with Coach David Bennett, the license in one athletic director. If you ever see the handful of schools from the high schools to the middle schools and the elementary schools talking about this proposal that was put out there yesterday, and uh, we've, they've thrown it up once, and it's a swing and a miss, but there's two more shots at it. They're going after pitch number two here. As, uh, of course, we'll be excited to follow this going forward. Uh, the Coach, the final thing that I want to kind of have a conversation with you, and I, I'm all about this proposal, by the way, and I'm a former baseball guy, former football guy as well, so I kind of had skin in both games. But I like it for this reason. Here's what I like. I like the fact that – Let's say, for example, and again, like you said yesterday, I listened to you, you said this doesn't mean we have to stay here. This just means this is what we're going to do now. But who knows? We might like it, right? So I'm going to tell you why I like it. I like it because, you know, let's think about the days of high school sports where you're just tired, you're broken, you don't feel great, you lost the game on Friday, and you're traveling to Clemson or Columbia, or maybe you might even be going to Knoxville, wherever it is, and you're still in your feelings from that Friday night, and you're exhausted. So you really don't enjoy the visit. You don't enjoy the trip as much as you would if you were fresh. So for me, if you play football in college in the fall and then these guys start playing in January in the high school level, two things can happen. Number one, you take a trip and you're refreshed, and it's actually a fun weekend, right? You get to experience the actual visit that you're there to do anyways. And then two, can't you have the college coaches actually maybe watch the actual games instead of going back and relying on the film? I mean, that's kind of my take on it. There's just a lot more positive than just – the, the, the tip of this iceberg of moving some things around, Coach. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, I remember being on a church council and we we wanted to move a Wednesday night supper to Sunday after church. And that thing grew from 40 people to 200. Just a lot of people are afraid of change. And right. uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. You know, if football moved to – you know, start practicing January or as soon as basketball's getting near done and you play February and March, finish up with championships in April. I'm just telling you, you hit on something really big. You're not worried about heat. You're not worried about heat at all. Uh, you might get more kids involved. You might love it and want to stay there. Uh, the college coaches could come see you live because they're not playing. You know, they can visit you in the spring. Too young uh, to remember this. But the USL or USFL was alive and well. You had Spurrier coaching the Bandits. You had Jim Kelly as a quarterback. You had uh, Herschel Walker playing with uh, New Jersey Generals. You had Doug Flutie playing in the USFL. And do you remember somebody tried to move it to compete with the NFL to the fall? Do you remember who that was? No, sir. Who was that? And they killed the USFL. That was our president. Donald Trump, who was the owner of the New Jersey Generals. So there are a lot of Trump lovers out there. Uh, you know, I'm about 50-50. I want what's best for the people. And uh, I'm just telling you, got to do what best for, what's best for our kids. That's the whole deal. These people that are setting their ways and want to have football and want to try it and want to have gates to have money, I don't think we'd have any gates. we got people out there worried about the north-south game of the Shrine Bowl. Adjust. Move it to the spring one year. 
you've got to be willing to work. You, you got to work for the kids, and that's why we're going to continue fighting the battle to do what we feel is right and what is safest for the health of our kids. Well, Coach, I don't want to keep you longer than I asked you for, and you've always been kind and awesome and uh, doing a lot of great things. And uh, for all that you continue to do, not only on the high school level, but all that you've done for building, by the way, Coastal Carolina from day one to what you've seen the success they had, it's all about foundation. And that foundation started with you. And I always told people back in the day when we played there in high school, it was Conway High School, had the graveyard there, and the field was turned a little different there. But I always said, man, if they put a college in Myrtle Beach with a football team, it's like – you know, catching fish in a bathtub, and you guys proved that that's actually true. You had, a, I believe, one of your quarterbacks get drafted and a lot of success, but it continues. Anywhere you go at soccer seed, you had a kid, uh, Hunter, of course, Hunter Renfro, right? You've had another few guys around you that you've seen do some great things. But uh, on behalf of all of us at Southern Sports Central, Coach, if there's anything we can do, any platform of voice that you need, we, we want you to get back in here and hang out with us a little bit and educate us. I did not know that Donald Trump actually uh, had that connection to football, but I'll just uh, – I'll save my comments for off the air. <laughs> yeah, he was the owner of the New Jersey Generals. They had Herschel Walker. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, USFL was rolling, man, in the spring. It was huge. You can Google it and check it out. But thank you all for having us on, and uh, thank you for caring about the kids of South Carolina High School Athletics. All right. God bless you, Coach. Stay safe. We'll talk soon. Thanks again. Thank you. All right, guys, there you go. Of course, uh, the coach, how about that? We go all the way to Columbia after yesterday of a, uh, a long meeting with the high school league. Uh, him and a few of his closest friends over there in Lexington won. They put together a proposal. And, again, it, it's an opportunity to have a discussion because it was by camp that all we heard. That's all we heard. But he and uh, his group of guys and girls put together, I thought, a really good opportunity to have some conversations, and he brought out some good points. Yeah, tweak it a little bit. That's fine. And I thought, kind of like he said, Eugene, I thought maybe, just maybe they tabled it. And actually, I think you actually had said that to me uh, at one point, right? You said that they were probably going to table this thing and, and possibly look at it. But then all of a sudden, I noticed that there was maybe another conversation to be had yesterday. Uh, it it kind of caught me a little bit off guard, and, and I do want to bring in a, a young lady who is going to represent the South Carolina High School Blitz, and that, of course, is Miss V hanging out with us. So she's, as always, picking up the slack for Miss Ken Brown. Who knows where he's at, but we do know Miss V's here, the first lady. Uh, what's happening, Miss V? How's it going? It's going well, going well, just like you said, picking up the slack for Ken. <laughs> oh man so so we just had on uh and you know this gentleman well because i believe you live in columbia as well over there in lexington one the athletic director david little just jumped off the radio with us here but i wanted to get you for a few minutes and, and kind of get your thoughts and and i know you and, and myself and ken we've all had a lot of conversation off the radio and off of the social media world but your thoughts after seeing what came down yesterday from even the high school league proposal to the Lexington proposal, and what would you propose from your point of view after you've seen it all kind of shake out? Um, I left that uh, even more confused than ever. <laughs> That's one way to put it. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Um, it's, it, uh, there's so many. I, I know that everybody – needs a chance or we want to make sure that we uh, get all the kids a chance to have a season this year without a doubt. Uh, 
Um, and at the same time, we want to do it in a way that will keep the kids, uh, keep the risk down as much as possible. But um not quite sure how um, some of that is going to work out. And then if schools do something totally different, then everything that they, you know, took forever to talk about is a neat point. Uh, if school doesn't start back or uh, if things change in, on that front. Uh, so I, I really think that even though there's a proposal on, a couple of proposals on the table, uh, it really depends on what the schools do uh, to find out which one is going to really work for anybody. Right. Yeah, we're live right now, of course, Miss V. She's the first lady over there at the South Carolina High School Blitz. She's also, of course, uh, keeping us clean over here at Southern Sports Central. We've worked together. We might be under different umbrellas, but if you go to the beach and you see the big umbrella, that's us, right? They're hanging out under the same umbrella. <laughs> Southern Sports Central, the South Carolina High School Blitz, covering it from the upstate to the lower state. Miss V hanging out right there in the middle, keeping, of course, myself, Ken, and Eugene, and all of us connected together, cleaned up at least as uh, we try to bring you all the educated things out here. Now, you, you know, for me, Ms. V, is that I see so much at least we're having conversations now. But because before yesterday it was crickets, right? There was a lot of what we might do. Or we all had that right. crystal ball. But, you know, once I saw, again, my thoughts, and, again, I, and I'm not knocking the high school league by any means, okay, but I am going to say this. Once I realized they had a proposal, I'm going to be honest with you, and, and I would say this at their board meetings, I'd say this in the Zoom meeting, I'd say this anywhere. Once I saw they had a proposal, there was no way in the world that that Lexington proposal was even going to come close. It's just, that's just the oh, way yeah. it works, right? <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. And, you, and, you, and you're right. You know, we have something, uh, somebody's saying something. You've got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone's got to make the first move. Someone's got to at least put something out there so that it can be perfected if, if as close as possible. Uh, but with everybody okay. doing their own thing, there's just no way it was gonna it's gonna work. And they need to do that on the education side as, as well. But um, I'm happy that they did give us uh, a proposal. I'm happy that there that's something to work with. And I just hope that they go back and listen or read the comments that were being made during the conference uh, as they were talking. I saw some great points uh, in there and reading some of the comments. And so hopefully they'll read those as well and make some tweaks if possible um, to do what's going to be most beneficial for everyone involved. And I know we all get passionate about football because that's where our passion is. And um, but we do have to keep in account all kids uh, and the safety of all kids. Right. And again, guys, for for those and I understand that, that there's a lot of high school baseball coaches. And again, I've I've read some tweets and some conversations and some direct messages to me, and I was given the okay to read it on the air. And I've also talked to some guys. I've talked to a guy that's a scout that goes out and, and scouts out for the major leagues, but he's also carried some things in the college ranks. And again, this we understand this. Okay, but we're talking one year. This isn't a guarantee. We're not asking you to adopt this for the next five years. It's not like you've seen with the college football format where they've got to live it, suck it up, and enjoy four teams and can't go to eight teams. So we're saying for right now, unprecedented times call for unprecedented measures, but we need some unprecedented leadership. And I'm not saying that it's not happening in Columbia, but I am saying that, that if we could at least 
look, there's a lot of high school coaches, and if you're on part of the high school board, you know, I appreciate what you do. And I said this Tuesday night, I, I thank God I wasn't in, in your shoes on your social media, being your social guys, because there's not a right answer that you could have had. I, I at one point when I was married, I had four kids and a, and a wife and myself, and, and trust me, I could no way in the world make everybody happy. So you you got a lot more than me. You got 320 high schools somewhere in that ball game, and they've all got multiple coaches, multiple right. players with parents, and and again, you're just not going to make them happy. What you got to do is make a, a decision that in your heart, in your heart, you're making the best decision for these young athletes. Because again, parents, I get it. You want to show up, you want to show out, right. but it's not about right. you. All right, it's right. not about me. It's not about Miss V. It's not about any of us. It's about these athletes. So to give them that opportunity, because I'm going to say something, when it comes to the baseball programs, I, I get it, guys. Y'all want to play for a championship. You want your full season. But so did the class of 2020 that just graduated and didn't get to finish, but what, the first couple of weeks of baseball and softball and, and track and field and soccer. I mean, I can name all these sports. At least they're giving you a go. And it's like this. Coach Bennett said, well, so if you get shut off, then you just pick it back up in the spring. Yeah. You do what you got to do if you really want to do it. It's like the guy that tells me, as people that work for me say, I don't have time. No, you don't care to make time because there's 24 hours in a day. If you want it bad enough, you'll make adjustments to make it bad enough. And, and I think that's kind of the thing. We have to bend a little bit, right, Ms. V? Exactly. You you make time um, and adjustments for the things that you care about um, right. because there is only 24 hours in a day, but you – and that when it comes down to it, you have to prioritize. And so you make time for the things that are most important to you. So mm-hmm. and that's what we have to do. And we have to, you know, think outside of the box, get creative. Uh, if they can't be fans in the stands, there, there's always live streaming. You want to feel like you're there, sit in your car in the, in the parking lot and watch it as it's live stream. You know, something, anything to make you feel a part of it without jeopardizing the 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 safety, the health of not just the players, but when they come home to you. That that's the real right. thing. People say, I hear all the time and again, remember I'm in the I'm in the medical field, so I'm seeing it every day. Everyone's okay. saying, you know, the kids don't you know, they don't get sick. It's you know, if they do it's asymptomatic, all of those things and that's fine, you know, so let them play. That's fine if they're going to play 24-7 and stay there together. But that's not what happens. They go home. They go to the store. They they go and pump gas. They, you know, um, do all these other things after they leave that practice. If they stay there together and didn't go anywhere else, that's fine. But they have to leave the field. They have to leave the court. They have to leave the ground. And that where that end where is the problem. No doubt about it. Ms. V, as always, I want to get you guys. I think I'm going to touch base with you off the air because I know we're working on, and this is kind of uh, breaking news for those that are listening in, we're working on putting a Wednesday night show with the South Carolina High School Blitz where we talk about recruiting. Hey, check that out, a whole three-hour show with recruiting myself, Ken, Ms. V, Eugene. I mean, it could be a nice roundtable conversation. We'll bring some athletes in, some coaches in. Uh, kind of the norm, but you guys today just recently released a first team and a second team. Uh, I'm going to give you a few seconds here to kind of talk about that. And, and how did you guys figure up uh, this massive 90 athlete list, if I'm not mistaken, what you guys kind of narrowed it down to? There, well, there were 
definitely a whole lot more than 90 that we, we had. Then we cut it down and cut it down again and finally agreed, okay, 90 is, is that's all we can do, <laughs> 90. Um, hours and hours of STEM, not by myself, thank God, um, but uh, Ken, Ken Brown and, and, and Coach, uh, Coach B, Coach Boulder, they're the, um, and some other guys, they watch them hours and hours on countless some um, days to narrow it down. And um, that's basically, you know, what you have to do. Yeah, there's tons of kids out there and you're never going to get it perfect because there's always somebody you're going to think about later or somebody who could have easily slid into that spot. But you just have to make the best choice that you can at the time based on the information that you have at the time. So, um, yes, that was uh, that was pretty tedious. Pretty tedious. <laughs> well, we appreciate that. I know the athletes who got recognized appreciate it. For the athletes who did not get recognized, here's the fun part. Now you got a barometer. Now you got something else to push you to get on that list. And that's for me. That, that's right. something I like being that underdog. If that's the case then prove them wrong. That's the best way to do it. Go out there and get a, get a career number of sacks or go out and throw a touchdown that, quite frankly, they never saw it coming, you know, or, or whatever yeah. it is. Go out and do what you do. Ms. V, we appreciate you getting in here at the last minute and once again picking up Mr. Ken and bringing up the, 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 the job that needs to be done. As always, God bless you. Thank you for what you do for high school sports, for all these athletes. And, by the way, she's in the medical field, ladies and gentlemen. Keep her in your prayers. I mean, here she is on the front lines on many levels. Her and I were out in the heat on the front line. Saturday we'll be probably in Charlotte on the 31st together as well. But it's uh, well appreciated and, and, and godly. We, we pray for you and your family as you go to this hospital and you do the one thing that, that quite frankly, we couldn't imagine doing ourselves. Well, I appreciate it. And, I, you know, thank you for your prayers. And just know that I'm praying daily for uh, each and every one of you as well, especially my, uh, my football players. I love them to death. No doubt. There you go, Ms. V. God bless you. Take care. Socially distance, and we'll see you soon. Okay. Thank you. Have a good night. All right, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Ms. V checking in with us from the South Carolina High School Blitz. And now we're going to go to break, and we're going to give them a nice little intro. Earlier today, I saw this come in from uh, Marty Smith. He's with ESPN. Uh, of course, uh, he covers college football. A lot of you guys a little bit older remember he's a big NASCAR guru, but he's really stepped into his own with college football but he released this uh this audio but also has a video but here's the audio part of it as we come back from break we're going to head to the islands and uh sit down with coach over there on james island of course that's the one and only jamar mccoy i believe he's sitting somewhere on the edge of america probably sitting on Folly beach right now and just relaxing but we'll find out when we come back from break guys you're listening to southern sports central live right here on blog talk radio there is nothing more intoxicating than the meld of emotions and sensations that is Friday night. Friday night is the sound of that crowd, the pride of that community, the way that that grass smells. I've never felt in my adult life the way that I felt on Friday night. That's what those kids are playing for. They're playing for that emotion. They're playing for that brotherhood and all of that sensory input that comes from Friday night. That's why they're playing high school football in this country. It is this common thread 
that weaves through the American fabric. Whether you live in Compton, California, or you live in Appalachia, if you played the game at the high school level, you have this common bond of representing that community. Anyone who disparages where the game is based on myriad reasons, I'm not buying it. I'm around the game every day on these campuses. I see the impact it has on these young men. I see the way that these coaches are able to grow high school boys into NFL or professional men, and it's just beautiful. And ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I'm going to bring one of those incredible coaches, one of those incredible mentors, a man that leads his team by the way he moves, of course, not only on the football field, but in the street and in his home and around James Island. And that, of course, is the one and only we welcome in for the third time this year already, Coach Jamar McCoy. Coach McCoy, good afternoon, sir. Thanks for hanging out. Good afternoon. Good evening. I, I can't believe it's been three times already since I've been on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to get another patch, man. It's coming. It's in the mail, man. Uh, a couple of things uh, that I got to tell you. You tagged us in this one yesterday, and, of course, I ended up sending you the tweet. Attitude reflects leadership, Captain. And that's the captain would be you guys, right? The leadership begins with the leaders of uh, the, the team, which is the coaches. And uh, this is a quote from you yesterday that you released uh, yesterday morning, about 10.22 in the morning. A quote, I'm a new to the Charleston area as a coach. I feel right now it's important that my peers in the low country come to the table and voice a plan that will work for the 2020 season. The can will continue to be kicked down the road if we don't, in quotation. Now, Coach, I'm going to be honest. I love it. I love the fact that you decided that you were going to do whatever you needed to do to work together with your brotherhood of coaches and get this leadership started, and it starts with us. Coach, tell us about this tweet. What's motivated you to put this out yesterday morning? Well, let, let me preface everything by saying uh, the, the retweet uh, with Remember the Titans. Is, I mean, that's one of my favorite movies. That's probably the best line in the movie. Uh, because after the line was said, the, the team just turned around because attitude absolutely uh, reflects the leadership. I, I, I mean, it's, it's no doubt about it and vice versa. Um and I mean, it's so ironic uh, that 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 you posted the movie "Remember the Titans" because right now in this time of of uh, of uncertainty, how will we be remembered? How how will how will sports and, and the great state of South Carolina be remembered during this time? What what has our leadership done to uh, propel our sport and keep uh, us safe? Uh, during this time, you know, um, I, I I said those words yesterday um, or, or today. I can't remember when I posted it because, I, I mean, I've been on a rampage posting things. But we need to get together and voice our concerns. Yes, yesterday on the, on the executive call with the South Carolina High School League, uh, Lexington uh, had a proposal. But I firmly believe it. If all coaches uh, somehow get together on the Zoom call or, or meet and have a roundtable, uh, more proposals could come out. They had an excellent, excellent proposal um, with, with moving our season to the winter. 
Uh, and uh, if things weren't cleared out by the winter, pushing it out to the spring, um, you know, because I, I wholeheartedly feel that a, a, a vaccine is on the way for uh, for the COVID nineteen. Uh, I'm I'm reassured by some of the things that I've read, but um, at the end of the day, I, I feel like coaches know their sport, they know their kids, and they know what's best. Um, we're all members in the high school league, so members should be able to get together, talk, come up with a plan, and present it to the leadership for the leadership to look at. Uh, it, it was a it was a cry for action. Uh, it was a challenge to my peers here in the Low Country area. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, what are your suggestions? You know, we cannot sit idly by and just let the corona just ravage us and not have uh, any actionable plan. Like, we got to have a plan and, and get it together and move because one thing that is that I don't like is the starting and stopping, starting and stopping. Uh, let's get a plan together. Let's pull the trigger on it. Let's move forward with it. And, 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 and that's why I posted what I posted yesterday. Live right now, hanging out on Folly Beach, the edge of America. I know that's where he wishes he was, but he's somewhere on James Island right now, the head football coach. <laughs> <laughs> of the Trojans comes in here with us uh, for his uh, trifecta interview here today. Of course, that's the one and only, the real McCoy. That's Coach McCoy, you, by the way, here on Southern Sports Central. Uh, Coach, you also said another tweet, and again, I thought you were on fire yesterday, uh, if I'm right. And it actually may have come out today. No, that was this morning. You put this one out this morning, 8 o'clock, you're up early. Kids need school. Kids need football. Kids need sports. I know because I used to be one. Don't fool yourself into thinking that they don't. Coach, give us the background on that one. Man, so uh, I grew up, uh, you know, in poverty. Um, Mom uh, applied for Section 8, was granted Section 8, you know, um, but we we pulled ourselves up by bootstraps. But one thing that that helped us pull ourselves out of poverty was, was education. When those school doors opened, my mom made sure – she was a single mother that her four children uh, was was on the hallowed grounds of the school, uh, being obedient, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, to our teachers, and getting an education because my mom always says that education is the great equalizer. So she made sure that we were in school and we got our education and, um, you know, went off to college and got degrees. And, um, you know, we, we don't have to – you know, rely on government assistance. But I'm not too far removed and uh, too ignorant not to understand that we do have children in our care that we coach, um, that we teach, that are going through some of the same struggles that I did uh, as a child, as a student. And, you know, some kids are sitting at home now and they're not, they're not being able to, uh, to have a, a hot meal. Uh, because the doors of the school are closed or, you know, they they can't get over to the school or to the location and get a free lunch. Uh, some kids that, that would normally be sitting in the school building uh, are probably, uh, and I hate to say it, they, they may be out doing things, nefarious things that they shouldn't be doing. You know, so um, I feel that um, 
coming up with a plan to open these schools back up. Governor McMaster said on, on September 8th we'll open them up uh, to get these kids in school and enrolling and, and again um, is best. Like kids just sitting around doing nothing. You know, idle hands is the devil's workshop. So we don't want kids out here getting in trouble or, or, um, or just, just totally – uh, not being able to have a, a hot meal, you know, that, that, that breaks my heart. I mean, that, that is why, you know, I, I'm in the situation I'm in to work with children. I could be doing anything else. I mean, I got my degree in political science and a master's in public administration, but I choose to be uh, on a high school level working with kids. Um, and and I, I think this is, is this the ministry that God put me in to, to be able to give back to the community that he has me settled in. Um, you know, so, uh, and, and also one, one other thing, we can't be fooled to think that, you know, every child has uh, the ability to do virtual learning at home. Some kids need the love of a teacher to, hey, can you go back over this again? Uh, I don't understand. Yeah. Can I come and get extra help after class? You know, some kids don't have uh, uh, laptops at home. You know, uh, some kids struggle to have the Internet at home. So, you know, I, I think these are, are – is a common theme across the state, maybe across America. Uh, so I, I think we need to be, be cognizant of that. And uh, we need to err on the side of caution. Uh, and we need to figure out a way safely to get these kids back into the school building uh, as soon as we can. We don't, we don't need to further delay anything. We need to get these kids back in school and rolling as soon as possible. And not just for the sake of sports, but for, for the sake of loving the child. Uh, because the child should come first, and and that's that's period point blank. If, if you're not putting the child first, and what we're doing in the arena that that we work in, uh, you're in the wrong space, and that's that's just how I feel. I tell you what, you took it right from what I was thinking, as you went right into the kids don't have the access to the internet as we're live right now with uh, the one and only Coach McCoy, Jamar McCoy, joining us here from James Island High School, James Island. South Carolina over here, right outside of Charleston, as he's checking in with us around the end of hour number two. He's a history teacher by day and an influencer, a teacher, a motivator, and about any other thing you can imagine in the evenings. Oh, by the way, he coaches football as well. Coach, you, you know, it's interesting because I've seen so many things come across when it comes to coaches and, and, well, they're not this and they're not that. But I've got a lot of coaches in my past that are, well, were history teachers and they were others different roles that they played in the school when it comes to math teachers, science teachers. Now, how big a role does it play for you to not be maybe in the weight room? Like you do see some of our teachers and some of our coaches, and I understand that role, and it's an important one just as well as physical fit. Now, hey, man, it starts with your mind, and then it goes throughout the rest of your body, right? So the physical part is important. But for you, history, how do you play a role in your history class and having some of your athletes, and you actually get to see them, not just work out, but you actually get to see them have somewhat of a work pattern that you can help them get ready for college. Well, one thing I tell my kids all the time, um, football is going to end for you one day. Whether you want it to or not, uh, it, it, it has ended for some of the greatest players who wound up in the Hall of Fame and, and ended up for some of the not-so-great players like myself that's, you know, coaching high school football. I, I love the game, and I thought I was going to go to the NFL. But look at me. Here I am. And you have to be able to turn professional, whether you go to the NFL or not. You can be a professional barber. You can be a professional welder. You can be a professional teacher. You can be whatever it is in life. But football one day will end so 
obtain as much knowledge as you can get because once you get it, they can't take it from you. Once it's between your ears, it's yours forever and ever and ever and ever. So my passion, other than football, was history. You know, I um, I enjoy studying about about the American Wars, the Civil War, the Revolutionary War, the War of eighteen twelve. Uh, World Wars One and Two, you know, I, the Vietnam War. I I, in, I enjoy studying those things. I enjoy studying African American uh, history. You know, I enjoy these things. So the same uh, zeal and passion that I put out on the football field at practice, I take into the classroom as well, uh, because I, I want kids to see that you know on the field is 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 one thing and off the field is another you know and I I try to pattern and model the behavior that I want to see in my kids because off off the field I want to see them passionate about something chasing a dream working hard but on the field I want to see them uh, understanding the scheme understanding the fundamentals of the game playing hard and and I want them to match my intensity at practice and outside of practice. So I try to model behavior, uh, and, and, and I tell my coaches the same thing, and, they, and they've done a wonderful job of, of, of matching me and modeling great behavior to the kids. So, you know, um, being a history teacher, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with, with being a history teacher and not being the uh, the proverbial, and I know somebody's going to say something smart to me, meathead uh, coach that, that's just in the weight room, just just all locked up all the time and you know everything is football 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 but that that's that's really not true uh, we have to be able to coach these kids from a holistic standpoint uh because again you know when he, when the lights go out on Friday night some of these kids are are going home to an empty refrigerator man some some of these kids are are, are going home to an abusive situation so we have to train these kids up on how to be better than the environment that they're in. And and how do you do that? You know, that that is the magic of a coach. It, 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 it's, it's not just just coaching the game. It's, it's coaching these kids to be great outside of their circumstance. Um, you know, I, I wish you could be a fly on the wall and hear some of the conversations I have from some of my past student athletes. You know, uh, they still call me. We still talk. We talk about life things. Uh, you know, I have a couple that, that, that have children. We, we, we talk about our kids. You know, we, we have to be able to connect with these kids uh, in a greatest sphere uh, right outside of football. Don't get me wrong, fo- football can be the center, but, but there has to be more to it. You, you can't be one-dimensional if you follow what I'm saying. Yeah, man, this is uh, Coach Benton over here. And I just want to say thank you so much for your connection. You know, that, that connection you gave me in Akron might work out for a kid to get him a chance to, to go play college ball. just want to say thank you for that. Uh, got to enjoy talking to Coach Cook, man. Great dude. Um, something you touched on earlier was, you know, about the kids that just don't have that hot meal. And I know the school districts have been providing meals and things like that. Um, you also mentioned the technology. Not every kid has right. a laptop. Not every kid has internet, a printer, absolutely. Ink, school supplies, you know, art supplies, everything else. And I've actually been on arguing with some of the teachers' unions to just say, you know, shut it down, shut it down, safety, safety, safety. And I said, you know, and, and I know you're new to South Carolina, and, and I don't know if you know this, but between March and June, the state lost 16,000 kids. 
that were mm-hmm. unaccounted for, unheard of, no grades. So what they had to do um, was to input a 70 for every missed assignment for these kids because some of them didn't turn in a single assignment since March, and they passed mm-hmm. them on. And so my thing is, yes, I understand their safety, but on the other side of that argument is, you know, if you don't do something, if you don't open the school up and give these kids a chance, you're not providing, like you mentioned, an abusive situation. Sometimes the schoolhouse is a safe space. Sometimes it's right. a meal. Sometimes it's an interaction. Yep. Sometimes it's a kid who's scared at home to speak out will come in and talk to a coach or a teacher who might notice a bruise or who might notice Absolutely. a burn mark or who might notice dirty clothes or something yeah. like that that can then report it to social workers. And I just feel like people who just say safety, 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 I get it, but you're coming from, and I, I really hate to say it, and I'm not trying to spark off anything. I really hate to say this, but it seems like you're coming from uh, a spot of privilege. I grew up, much like yourself, very, very, very poor. Um, and it, it, it pains me to say some of the things that I, I, I saw. And there were so many kids on the football team that was like, Coach, man, you want us. And that, that mm-hmm. actually came from some of the poor black kids in Mount Pleasant. It's like, man, you're just like one of us the way you grew up. You know, and it's like, there's no different. That's how we see this stuff every day. And, and so that's my fear is that the gap has widened, and it's going to further widen the gap. And it's not just the urban, uh, you know, black kids. It's the, the rural kids, you know, who don't oh. have technology. Their houses are way out in the country, you know, and it's just going to further widen the gap. And that's what worries me when people just say, oh, no, it's nothing but safety, safety, safety. Well, oh, is it okay to lose 16,000 kids? In my right. world, it's not, you know? It's not. It's not as I had, man. You, you, you're preaching, man. I'm, I'm telling you, you're preaching. And people need to hear hear what you just said, 16,000 kids. If, if Even if you just said, man, we lost two kids from March to this time, that's still too many. One is too many. But 16,000? My goodness, that how, how many of those have, you know, in that time span been sexually abused, been uh, physically abused, have missed meals, uh, you know, any of that stuff? You know, I talked to one of my good friends, her name is Corey Welbus. She is uh, a camp director with the Florida Sheriff Youth Ranches. And she told me in the state of Florida, in that same time span, that the calls to the abuse hotline have actually decreased by 30%. And I can guarantee you it's not because the abuse has stopped. It's because these kids hadn't had a way to call into these hotlines through their teachers, through their counselors, through their principals, through through a friend at school. You know, so I, I would be um, eager to see how these statistics work um, across America, like is 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 that a snapshot of what's going on across America? Um, you know, th- there are kids, and, and I'm not just talking football. You know, that yes, yes, some counties are doing a free lunch program, but what if you're a kid that lives in a county over that's transferred in, and you're not comfortable, or you don't know what's going on inside the county you live in, but you don't have a way to get over to the county where you transferred into to get those free meals. I mean, I mean, there, there, there are so many variables and that's why school, I, I'm, I'm a proponent 
we have to find a way to safely get these kids back in school. And, you know, uh, that's that's Jamar McCoy talking to you, not Coach McCoy. I took out my coaching hat and it's sitting beside me. This is Jamar McCoy, the man, the father, talking. We need to find a safe way to get these kids back in school uh, because, again, you you will widen the gap between the have and have nots. Uh, one of my good friends, JJ Beasley, just put me onto a show, The Outer Banks. You were, you let me, let me just gear it toward the Outer Banks. You will widen the gap between the pose and the coots. So you you have to be able to uh, figure a way to get these kids in school safely and continue to give them a great education. No doubt, Coach, and, and I would love to hang out with uh, Jamar McCoy and, and Coach uh, McCoy uh, sometime soon, man. We need to get it up. I'll, I'll come over to you, and uh, I'd love to talk hey, to you. On, I love history on, as well, man. I'm, I'm a history buff as well, um, and, and something I just put out on Facebook, my daughter got a very nice thing from a history thing this year, but, uh, you know, man, I, I love what you're saying. It's not preaching because it's coming from your heart, brother, and, and I share these sentiments with you, and uh, – but, you know, I, I'm getting the bell, and Richie was uh, ringing on the other line that we're getting up against the break, man. Like I said, I'll, I'll hit you up, man. I do want to spend some time with you and get to know you a little better, man. Hey, let's do it, man. Um, definitely call me call me whenever, man. Uh, you know, I, I know y'all get ready to cut me off here. I've been long-winded, but uh, I, I want to say free, uh, free woes, NBA. Uh, y'all doing the bubble. Thank you for the sports. Uh, I love you guys. Thank you guys for having me on, man. Coach, we really appreciate it, not only for coming on the show, but for all you've done in that community in such a very short time. I, I spent a lot of time on John's Island and James Island for, for work, and, and I'm going to tell you, man, your reputation has already built uh, quite a bit of uh, excitement there on the island, all the way from uh, John's Island to James Island, Mosquito Beach, and Folly Beach, man. You're, you're hitting the homes, and you've got some dudes you can surround yourself with that are helping you do that, man. So uh, anything we can do, if you got a fundraiser or anything, you just want to come in here and co-host, man, we'll, we'll find a spot, a chair, and uh, we'll make it happen, Coach. But uh, like Eugene said, we definitely all want to catch up and grab something to eat, socially distance, and we got a lot of beach over there on Folly, man. We can find a spot somewhere over there to hang out and talk some shop, buddy. Oh, yeah, let's do it, bro. All right, man, on behalf of all of us, you, buddy, stay safe, God bless, and we'll catch up with you off here, Coach. Thank you so much for hanging out. God bless. All right, guys, there you go. We got to go to break because now we're taking the bus. If I'm not mistaken, he's waiting on hold right now, and we're heading up there to the west side. And, of course, that's the high school up there, I believe, Anderson, South Carolina. We have yet to have west side on with us, and we're going to change that coming up next. You're listening to Southern Sports Central Life. That two are in the books. One is on the way with two more coaches coming your way, guys. You're listening right here on Blog Talk Radio. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back, everybody. Hour two is in the books. I want to thank everybody that joined us, of course, at the top of the hour. It was Coach David Bennett. He is the athletic director for the Lexington One. He oversees a handful of high schools, a lot of middle schools, and a ton of elementary schools up there in Columbia. 
where he and his group of guys and girls put together, I thought, a pretty good plan. At least we have conversation now. With that being said, then right between the first guest and the last guest of Hour 1, we had Ms. V check in here from the South Carolina High School Blitz giving us a rundown and some things there. And, of course, also just now we headed over on James Island with Coach McCoy from the James Island Trojans football facility over there on James Island joining us uh, there in Hour 2. Now we head up to the upstate, and it's now time for Coach Scott Early to join us. Uh, Coach, thank you so much for bringing yourself to Westside Crew, and uh, welcome to Southern Sports Central. Thank you for having me. We really appreciate it. Well, yesterday I saw a video, and that might have been this morning, where you did a live interview and you nailed it. I want you to talk a little bit about that. And, uh, of course, that was on the TV uh, up there in the upstate about uh, the positive part and and kind of singing the praise that that I've been saying since I saw the initial plan of bringing it in the early part of the spring, which is kind of the the middle part of the winter in January to April. And and, and the positive points, I thought you had a home run for all the things that attended, Coach. Well, I mean, to be in all regions of the state as a head coach, um, Myrtle Beach, Chapin, Lexington, and now Westside. And, you know, before COVID or anything ever happened, many times I've stood on the turf or the grass and heat index of 104 and thought, you know, we're a warm-weather state. College, NFL are over. We don't have to create an XFL or – some kind of bush league to give people their itch for football. Let's let's play football in the winter after college NFL, and maybe ESPN cares our games. Um, and you know, I you, you mentioned David Bennett. I actually just got off the phone with him. We've all been working very hard behind the scenes with some very influential people to try to explain to the people in this state that. Change is a good thing. Outside the box thinking is a good thing, and we want to try to prevent problems instead of solve them. And if we don't, if we don't flip these seasons and move it, there's a good chance that we're not going to play high school football in South Carolina this year. And I don't know why you have to take folks in a leadership role, kicking and screaming, to understand that point. So um, something I'm passionate about, you know. And people mentioned you know, revenue and these other things. This ain't about revenue. This is about kids. And, um, you know, selfishly, my son's a senior. Um, he's got a chance as a kicker and punter, and he, he may never play his senior season unless we prevent this problem instead of trying to solve it and trying to get 100 different opinions because then one proposal is by far really the only proposal that has any validity and it's very well thought out and very well done and has the flexibility that baseball, softball, tennis, soccer, golf, we want all these kids to, to be able to play athletics and multiple sports, and there's only one way we can do it. So I'm, I'm passionate and also a little re- reluctant about discussing this because, to me, it's a no-brainer, you know. Sure. Well, live right now, of course, up there in the Anderson, South Carolina market in the upstate, we have the one and only coach Scott Early joined us from West Side Football High School up there. Again, they are the Rams. And, of course, if you look at the West Side Football Twitter page, on the top of it, it says, be the change. I like that, Coach. I think that's kind of uh, 
you know, kind of nice segue here because there's, again, for me, like you said, it, it, it seems so easy, it seems so simple, but yet we're getting a lot of pushback from others outside that don't agree with this plan, Coach. But even like I mentioned earlier with Coach Bennett right before we went on the air, the Washington, D.C. district up there, their high school has now decided they're going to do the fall. Virginia's going to do the fall. There's about seven, maybe up to nine different states that right now are leaning in, and I think you're going to see a lot more into this situation, Coach. But the one thing that I mentioned this with Coach Bennett earlier was I like the aspect of colleges can actually come and watch the kids when it's their season rather than have to rely on film or a conversation with a coach. They can actually be more involved. And a kid can actually make a trip to Clemson or to South Carolina or somewhere outside of the state, right, because he doesn't have to play a Friday night game and he can make arrangements to actually enjoy what's called an actual visit. Coach, your thoughts on the other positive part of how this is going to play and could play a major role going forward. Well, I think you made a great point, and I think the the most positive thing, but you have to be an attentive listener and you have to really pay attention, is the plan is so flexible that last spring, baseball, softball, all our spring sports basically lost their season. Well, with this plan, if if the spike continues and these things keep going on, well, you can move to the spring, and I can say, look, you're going to play baseball. You, you can go play shortstop on Tuesday and Thursday. You don't have to come to practice. You don't have to come put, But on Friday night, I need you to play wide receiver. And that's sort of how I grew up in this business of providing kids. As long as you're competing, I don't care if it's shooting marbles, playing tennis, baseball, whatever. Let's just give our kids the opportunity to compete. With this model, that, that would occur, you know, and people would have to begin to work together you know, put down their egos or in common differences with one another to come together for a greater cause, which is allowing these kids to compete in multiple sports and and just and just wait to, you know, Dr. Fauci calls us and says we have a miracle cure. And I think the risk is worth the reward. So I think there's tons of benefits and in, in the statements you made is a hundred percent spot on and correct. But you hear in South Carolina a lot you know, traveling broadens the mind. And you hear a lot in South Carolina, well, this is what we've always done. They, they are rules in the, in the Constitution from the high school league that, that were written in 1986. And this is what we've always done. Well, well, now we're in a situation where you're forced to be creative. And I just think the state's starving for leadership, and we don't have people that are creative enough to put down their routine – and say it's okay to change. And I think this change is one that, that may stick forever. I think that if we do this, people might say, we don't have to worry about heat acclimation. We don't have to worry about the wet bug. We don't have to worry about sickle cell. We don't, we're, going, we're a warm-weather state, and we're the only show in town. The Super Bowl champions crown, the national champions crown, people still love football. So let's watch West Side play Providence out of Charlotte on Friday night on ESPN2 Live. Just, just, that's just my I opinion. Like that. Obviously, you called me to ask me that. So. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> we're live right now up in Anderson, South Carolina. We're visiting Westside High School for the first of many, and we're going to ask Coach about a few players before we get him out of here. Of course, he's already mentioned one. does special things on the special teams there, but we're going to find out a few more from Coach Scott Erling joining us right now live for the first of many visits, Coach, and and I do love the fact that, that you speak your mind. And I think that's kind of the problem. That's why we are where we are. 
because there's not a lot of people that want to speak their mind yesterday. And again, you don't have to re- you respond if you don't want to. I don't want to put you in a situation. But yesterday, it, it was like crickets. When the question was asked during the Zoom meeting, what do you think? No one had questions. How do you not have a question if no's your answer? Yeah, there was, there had, it's, to me, they 14 to 16 individuals yesterday should have had a question. They didn't have questions because their mind was made up before they went public with a Zoom meeting. Right. I mean, it, right. you know, it's a backdoor. We're forced to make it. Now, in my experience with in South Carolina, 25 years with the high school league and running the north-south game and doing all these things that I've been blessed to do, we we are not a decision-making body or state. We're a wait-and-see table. Let's see what happens. I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think Lexington One's proposal forced the high school league's hand to make a decision and the decision they made was not to make a decision. And and that's frustrating to to people that, you know, and it's like when you try to please everybody, you end up pleasing nobody. Let, let's, let's try something new. Let's have an authoritative, decisive leader that says, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. And even if people don't like it, they'll at least respect it. But this, this right. limbo thing of a crapshoot is, I mean, it's just something I've watched going for a long, long time and, now, because of COVID, I think it's, it's it's forced the wolves out, for lack of a better term. And, you know, I'm just the kind of guy, I mean, I would never say nothing behind your back. I wouldn't say to your face. So, I just, it's very frustrating to me that we think on August 17th we're going to be able to practice and play football. It's unreal. It's an unrealistic thought process that that's, that's not going to work. And you just can't prolong the inevitable. Let's just. Let's just take the bull by horns and let's prevent a problem. To the live right now, coming to us live from Anderson, South Carolina, in the upstate of South Carolina, coming at, of course, Westside High School. The very own coach uh, early joins us here for the first of many, talking about the decision yesterday that the high school league decided to say nay to the Lexington uh, proposal and yay to, well, the South Carolina high school proposal. Nobody was surprised once they realized there were two proposals. You kind of knew which way it would go. And, and again, I was and I know some of the board members. I've had conversations with a few of them, and I thought that they would give at least a little bit of a questionnaire, at least a question of some things. And the biggest question Eugene and I continue to hear throughout that entire, I would say, uh, Zoom meeting, if you call it that, it was the fact that does it have room for what is and the what house. And I thought, I thought I heard the Lexington one had that opportunity for the baseball guys if it doesn't work in the fall and they have to stop them, that they can continue to play like you were saying – in the spring, and Coach Early, let me ask you this, because I'm hearing from a lot of baseball coaches, you know, their biggest problem is that you're giving them a shorter season when they just want a full season and a championship. Your thoughts on that comment? Well, in the situation we're in, it's all about compromising and monitoring and adjusting. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, I, I think that Greg Little is a innovative young superintendent that did a great job in the presentation. David's a veteran, you know, I mean, Coastal Carolina. I mean, hell, he's even talked about dogs and cats. So you, you, you're talking about people that have some wisdom, knowledge, and experience. And, you know, I thought they did a great job, but I thought the decision was made before the presentation was made. And I think the key in today's world is is to, to just listen and understand the sense of urgency that we're in and just 
at least have a little bit of thought process of this just might work. But at this point, what have we got to lose? We're either going to lose a season altogether, but this would at least afford a possibility of not only for football, but all athletes. And and here's another point I'm going to make. I was the head coach in AD at Lexington High School for three years. There's a lot of places in this state where people don't care anything about anything but football. We won the Director's Cup two years in a row because tennis won, golf won, swimming won, lacrosse, we started lacrosse, soccer won. People that made this presentation care about all student athletes. It it ain't a football decision. It's a what's best for kids decision that has nothing to do with what we've done in the past, what we're going to do in the future, our revenue. So let's just call it what it is. Live right now coming to us all the way from Anderson, South Carolina, as we hit the hallways of Westside High School with head football coach Scott Early joining us now, recapping some of the conversations from yesterday. And, of course, uh, the no's were for the Lexington proposal. The yeses on the board of the South Carolina High School League was, well, for their own proposal now. Coach, the other thing that I want to get to, and then we are going to talk some football with you about your big guys in the season, whether it be tomorrow or the next day or the day after that, was, I've had so many high school coaches reach out to me without calling out their names or putting them in a position, but yet they all are excited about this proposal. Shouldn't they have a say-so in this decision? Shouldn't you ask the guy to coach these young men to have a little bit of say-so in what's going on with the future? Because they know these kids better than anybody, or you know your kids better than anybody, correct, Coach? Well, um, I'm an old baseball guy, and you just hit a grand slam with what you just said. Here's what needs to happen. There is about, forgive me, I'm not rain, man. There's about 10 high schools in this state. They need to poll every principal, every AD in this state about this election proposal. And what you'll find is they're all in support of it. But we, the body, when I say the body, the schools, we give leeway and empower the high school league to make unbiased decisions for the entire state, and they do a tremendous job of doing that. But we, the body, pay them. We, okay, y'all do realignment. We do all that kind of stuff for them. But in a situation like this, we're, we're in a we're in a situation that the world's never been in, much less South Carolina. We need to talk to every AD and principal in the state, send them the proposal, and then move on it because I don't want to hear a voice of 16 people that, have been told what to say and do. I want to hear what, and I have had, my phone has literally blown up for the last three days about how how much support this thing has and how quickly it died. Well, it was a predetermined death. And, mm-hmm. you know, I hope that through the appellate committee and through some conversations for the rest of the week, we can at least put this back on the table and say, look, if y'all don't want to lose high school athletics and a, high, and a whole high school football season, we don't have a choice but to do this because anything else at this point in time with going on is unfeasible and unrealistic to even consider. And I know you're thinking, man, I wish yeah. I had called him, but I am passionate about this. No, topic. I love it, Kate. Very- <laughs> But this, that's my thing is that I want conversation. I, I don't want to talk about what we can't do. I want to talk about what we can do, and, and we have a lot of can't do. And, again, I grew up, by the way, uh, I went to Soxie High School, so, and that was back in 1997. I grew up on the third side, so you know a little bit about 
my stopping grounds, even though I'm down here in Charleston doing what I do uh, with Southern Sports Central. And, of course, yeah, I just wanted to bring to the table guys like you, guys like Coach Bennett, guys like all the coaches that we've had on this show before and, and now and, of course, in the future, and, and have it to where you guys can have a voice, not just a social media outlet or somewhere like that, but give you guys a chance to speak your mind. Again, you can't – sometimes you have to agree to disagree. You know, we might not all understand certain things. That's okay. It's okay not to understand. But, but, but admit that you don't understand or admit that you don't like it. Let's move on because I'm going to say that at least look at the options. Again, you know, that's how you learn. You make mistakes and you keep getting better as athletes. And this is where I struggle the most. We're talking about a high school league. We're talking about a bunch of coaches and players and former players. You know, we were all taught the same. Sports hasn't changed. We've changed. We, what is expected of an athlete is way back, and you're a baseball guy, you say, right? I'm a baseball guy myself. Babe Reed, the same thing that made him great was repetition and doing things the right way and, and, and having a plan and working your plan. Well, nothing's changed here in 2000, what, 20? 20, yeah, yeah, 2020, right? So it seems like it's been the no, longest the, year. The, but the kids, yeah, the that's kids haven't changed the adult style. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's exactly right. And you've heard Frank Martin I say that in South Carolina with the Gamecocks and everybody. That's, that's my thing. Right. You know, again, quit trying to be their friends and, and let's be their parents. Quit trying to be their friends and let's be their coach. Stop being their friends and let's make them better kids so they can be amazing adults and better parents and so, so on and so forth, Coach. And I do I appreciate your honesty, and I heard that yesterday. Please, everybody, and just make a damn decision that benefits the majority and don't be scared of the minority or litigation or who's going to say something about it because you got to try things to see if it works. And I'm, I'm telling you, we, we, we need to continue to try to push this proposal through because, you know, there's three, there was only three proposals, Greenville County. Hey, let's shut down everybody that we're allowed to play. But the high school league, uh, let's, let's just, let's, let's don't, let's make a decision to not make a decision. And election one is variable, flexible, fair, takes in all sports in consideration and gives this thing time to play out because the powers that be say, you know, before Santa Claus comes, we, should, we, we, we could have a vaccine. So the risk is worth the reward on the back end, but I do not believe it's on the front end. Well, it should be an interesting one is they are going to go back and look at this one as they've put in a fill and play. That's the Lexington group. And, uh, again, you know, not all coaches, and I know one in particular in another location that doesn't like this plan. And But I'm going to be honest, my phone says a complete different deal. We'll find out. Again, you know, uh, for those listening, maybe connected to the high school league, you know, be excited that they we're having this conversation and we're not texting it. We're not putting it in a social media outlet. We're, we're having a conversation. We're hearing voices. And we're trying to do whatever we got to do because here's the thing. We got to take our egos and put them at the door, as Coach Bennett sent me a message just a minute ago. And that's, that's as best as it gets. Put it at the Amen. door, leave it there with your shoes, and let's get this thing fixed, okay? Yeah, you're going to get your feelings hurt. Dabo Sweeney, Dabo Sweeney says it best. When iron sharpens iron, what happens? Sparks going to fly. And that happened. Some of my best arguments, some of the best fights I've ever been in was with my best friends back in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. But guess what? Here today, 42 years later, we still talk. We still do what we got to do. We still got each other's back. And that's going to happen. Some of the best inventions were made out of mistakes. You got to try some things. And we are creatures of habit. I get it. 
But sometimes so, so we let me add, let, let say, me add good. Let me add one thing to your filibuster. Yeah. Controversy breeds success. Mm-hmm. And okay. we are so scared of just like you was talking about the coach that don't agree. Agree. We can agree to disagree, but at the end of the day, we need to do what's best for the kids and athletes in the state of South Carolina. And some of us is old enough that we don't even have an ego anymore because it just lots of things disappeared with age and egos went up. <laughs> so I, I won't discuss the other ones, but egos went up. <laughs> We're live right now hanging out in Anderson, South Carolina at Westside High School. Scott Early, he's the head football coach up there hanging out with us. And, again, just given the opportunity to coaches – that have some voices. And, again, we're trying to do whatever we got to do. And if it takes taking a little piece of this pie and taking it and putting a little bit of this pie, there's nothing wrong with cherry pie and chocolate pie, put them together and going home and having some dessert. But it is what it is. We've got to figure this thing out. And it takes, you know what, some men acting like some men and the grown women acting like grown women and do some grown things here. Now, Coach, before I get you out of here, I want to talk football. You got the Rams over there. You guys are looking for a season. It may start tomorrow. Probably not. But it could start is early here in another month or so, Coach. But when it does start, tell us about the Rams. Tell us about your region, the teams around you. But also give us a heads up on some of these upcoming seniors that you got coming out from Playmakers. Well, I mean, as far as our region, obviously we went from 5A to 4A. Um, so that's a good place for us, especially for our numbers. You know, we had, you know, won some region titles. And then, you, you know, you get to the third round and you play in Dave Gutshaw and he's got 100 and you got 45. So we're, we're happy to be 4A. Uh, we think that gives us a really competitive advantage. And as far as this year's class, you know, we're really young. Our 21 class, we got Jaden Ramsey, who's already committed to Appalachian, who, you know, I believe is going to end up being one of the best tackles in the state and have a chance to play on Sunday. Um, I had a kid in Myrtle Beach back almost during your time named Brandon Fry, who was sort of like him that played at Virginia Tech and played in the NFL four or five years, and now he's running – Wells Fargo in Washington, D.C., highly successful. Um, and then we got, you know, as a father, you don't want to talk about your kids, but we got Bryce Early, who's a kicker punter, handles the whole kicking game. That's basically our 21 guys. But our 22, 23, 24 class is is loaded. You know, we have a, a true freshman tailback that's 6'3", 225, that's probably going to be a power five guy. Um, K.T. Perry, an outside linebacker. So, you know, we're we're – playing young but so we we've got you know great facilities we've got a great superintendent a great school board great leadership and you know we're all sitting up here in anderson at jointly together saying you know let's let's just figure out a way to not only play football but to let everybody play and compete and compete for a title no matter if you know if you're a swimmer a lacrosse player a football player and and again i think Dr. Little and David Bennett uh, and some people behind the scenes come up with a uh, a a great, great compromise for all and a foolproof plan and um, the, the nonchalant way that that was entertained, um, I don't know, for lack of a better term, sticks in my crawl. And I really appreciate you having me on tonight and uh, love what y'all are doing because, you, know, you know, in today's world, you know, People don't walk to get the paper no more or listen to AM radio to get a good signal. It's all about what you're doing. And I just hope that guys like you just keep giving these kids attention and promoting them and patting them on the back and loving them and making them important because, you know, everybody 
especially in today's world, needs that. So appreciate y'all for what y'all do. Hello. Hello, hello. Coach, you got, how about it, Coach? You got us? Still here? Yeah, I got you, man. Yep. All right, cool. All right, Coach. Well, we greatly appreciate what you're doing there in Anderson. We appreciate the time you've given in the last, uh, you said, 25-plus years, Coach. It's come with a lot of highs and a few lows and some things in between. But uh, thanks for the compliments. And, again, we just want to be an opportunity. We want to be a round table. Not everybody's going to agree with our conversations. That's okay. You know, it's okay to disagree, and sometimes you just have to agree to disagree. But, Coach, uh, thank you for giving us the time. And this was the first of many, and I'm going to tell you, Coach Bennett can back it up, and a lot of other coaches around the state can tell you that Southern Sports Central is here for the high school kids. Uh, we don't just talk about them. We want to hear from them. We want your guys in here. We want to interview them. That gives them a chance to get a little loose. So when they get to that first interview, they, they're a little bit more calm and collect, if you will, there, Coach. But, but it also – Instead of reading about them and watching them on your Friday Night Lights, just gives them a voice so they can tell us how they did that amazing cut or they did a pancake or they slammed a the guy down on the ground and for a 20-yard loss, Coach. So send me your guys and come back anytime. Well, I hope you heard. I, I guess we were breaking up. Um, I really appreciate sure. what y'all do. You know, these, these kids need some attention, and I think with what's going on now, you know, it's just like life. It's 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you react to it. And I think we as leaders and – and older people with some knowledge and wisdom need to figure out a better way to react. But I do appreciate y'all having me on and all y'all do to promote high school athletics in the state of South Carolina. You got it. God bless you, Coach. We'll talk soon. Take care. Thank you. All right, guys, there you go. The one and only Coach Scott Early, all the way from Anderson, South Carolina. Of course, he uh, coaches the Rams up there at Westside High School. I want to thank him and his Group of guys and girls for hanging out with us. That's the first of many hanging out in the rankings there. Now, oh, boy, let's head to North Augusta, I believe. Uh, we got two minutes, uh, and, and I want to give you the time to hang out with us. Tim, you with us, buddy? Hello, Tim, you there? It's Coach Parks. I can be Tim. Hey, this is Coach Parks. I think, well, I thought this was Tim. I think Tim dropped this. We had a guy at Coach Park, but I tell you what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to let you hang tight, and uh, we'll come right back to you. I'm going to take a quick break. When we do, we'll get you in here in just a second, Coach. We appreciate you getting here with us, all right? Sounds good. All right, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. So coming up next, we are going to catch up uh, with, the, uh, with the coach here, but I do have one minute, and I want to give Tim the time, so they sent me the wrong guy. Tim, you with us, buddy? How about it, Tim? You there, buddy? Tim just dropped the call. So, all right. So, Tim's going to push us to break. <laughs> I tried to give him a call there. Tim's one of the guys who does like the high school starting, and I'm going to give him some love here. Tim, of course, is, is all about playing in the fall. Look, everybody, this is, a, this is the cool thing about where we are. If he wants to play in the fall, he's not wrong. That's his choice. He has a choice to make, and he says he wants his kid to play in the fall. He wants all the kids to play in the fall. I'm going to give them an opportunity to have a voice here. We will not in any way, shape, or form at Southern Sports Central try to steer your opinions, nor will we try to, I guess, kind of paint a colorful picture. We're going to get you as many of the, the paintbrushes as we can, and we'll let you dibble-dabble any way you can. You paint the masterpiece. Coming up next, we're heading back to the capital city of South Carolina. That's Columbia with the one and only Perry Parks. They dress him out to be the best. He's a golfer during the day, a football coach at night, and he's joining us up. Next, right here on Southern Sports Central, guys. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Southern Sports Central Live 
right here on Blog Talk Radio. So here's the food, buddy. Welcome back, everybody. As uh, we now have, of course, uh, well, our legendary coach, a guy that's always on call for Southern Sports Central. He's, of course, a golfer during the day. He's a heck of a football coach at night, and he does great things, and he dresses his kids in uh, Michael Jordan gear on Friday night. That's, of course, uh, up there in Ridgeview High School, Columbia, South Carolina, Zone Perry Park. What's up, Coach? What's going on, man? How you doing? We're good, man. I thought we were going to have another one of our guys uh, you know, uh, try to get in here and have a conversation. He uh, has a different opinion of uh, the uh, the plan. He likes to play in the fall, but didn't happen. Now, you're in, Coach, uh, after yesterday of watching three and a half hours of the Zoom meeting, and, of course, uh, the plan that was given by Lexington 1, right, uh, was denied, and the high school league's plan was, I guess, passed through for now. Uh, Coach, just uh, if you're allowed to and if you don't mind, kind of tell us your thoughts on yesterday's Zoom meeting and, and, and where do you stand as far as you and, and, and your career in the, in the football knowledge you have behind you? Oh, I, I mean, I, I, I didn't tune in like everybody else, man. I, I let Lou uh, Bajak hook me up with the, the bits and pieces. Um, and I had previously spoken with Coach Bennett, so I knew what they were taking to the table. And uh, it's just one of those things, man. You know, I, I'm, I'm a high school football coach. Uh, I'm not in the, you know, the administrative role or the, the commissioner role, but – uh, I've I've learned uh, my short time doing this, man. You just kind of sit back and you you play whatever cards they give you, man. I, I I'm a firm believer of controlling what I can control, and I preach that to my kids 24 uh, seven. Uh, the good news is, you know, there's a plan laid out finally uh, for us to play football. So I'm more or less uh, optimistic guy, and I'm going to take that positive and you know get my guys prepared to go out there and win some football games uh, in the fall, which they they have us slated to play uh, starting 9/11. So. Well, right now we're hanging out in Ridgeview, of course, the high school in Columbia, South Carolina, 4A football at its best. They finished just a bit shy to making that state championship game, but I tell you what, they're poised to make another run at it. I watched a lot of his dudes, I mean some big dudes. One of them looked like uh, he could be playing college football right now. We'll talk about some of those guys as we were at that camp this past weekend up there at Ben Lippin with uh, the Infinity guys. And, uh, Coach, I got to meet some of your other coaches that were there uh, you know, we'll talk the football with you because I think we've kind of covered all the bases of that yes, uh, of the meeting yesterday, and, and you kind of laid it out right there. So that being said, man, how about these camps? Uh, as a coach, how do you feel about your guys going to some of these, uh, you know, these combines, getting these work in? Because I, I think it's kind of a house divided when it comes to some coaches wanting them to go and, yeah, maybe maybe not wanting them to go, Coach. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm on the side of uh, the, the more exposure, the better. Uh, especially if it's a legitimate camp. I know, uh, you know, uh, they had uh, Coach Watson from uh, Grayson, and he's been all over. I think he's with USA Academy now. He's one of the, you know, player personnel guys in that Infinity camp. So any camp that, you know, has a, a great name behind it, I, I encourage all of my guys to go because that exposure, uh, especially in this time of uncertainty where kids didn't get spring evals, uh, it, it's key, man. So I always push my kids uh, to credible credible camps uh, where they're going to get decent exposure. I think it uh, can only help kids. Uh, and that competition, too. A lot of kids are afraid to compete against better guys. and you know, That's the only way you get better is uh, going up against some top-notch uh, players and you know, kind of seeing where you, you really stand, get an honest opinion of uh, how your skills really are. 
Live right now up there at Ridgeview High School, we check in with the one and only Coach Perry Parks, played his college days at, of course, Coastal Carolina. It's got a coastal feel here tonight with, of course, uh, Coach Bennett dropped in. Now Perry Parks hangs out with us. It's uh, definitely got that teal green, blue, depends how you look at it there, of course, uh, on the show here tonight. Uh, Coach, when you look at this thing, and, and I'm just kind of getting some feedback here because, again, I've had different coaches that are supporting of their kids going to these camps and, and some not with this whole COVID thing. But but what did you tell the – I think you had about four or five, maybe up to six guys at this camp on Saturday that I got a chance to meet firsthand. And, by the way, first-class dudes off the field, so I can only imagine on a Friday night they're dudes for sure uh, to be watched now. What do you what do you tell these guys to look out for, to, to go out and get, and what do you – as a coach, do you look at coming back when it comes to some of these numbers that they get? Oh uh, well, you know, you never know who like who's going to be at those camps and the the type of influence they had. Uh, like I talked about, Coach Watson that was at that camp, and his son plays defensive back at Texas. Uh, he's he's well connected. I mean, all of the same guys and circles I run in, as far as college coaches, he knows them. You know, personal basis. Uh, you know, he has their cell phone. So you know, getting that extra stamp from a, a guy that's well respected in the profession. Uh, can go a long ways. I mean, uh, you saw the kid, uh, the Wells kid, I, I went to high school with his mom at Sumter uh, from Lakewood. He mm-hmm. picked up a Houston offer the next day, you know, just because coach, you know, said, hey, this guy's a, a sleeper. You know, he's a legit player. So, you know, as a player, you just want to go to those camps and, man, get in the front of the line. You know, yes, sir, be coachable. You know, bust your tail in every every drill, every every rep you get. And just try to get noticed, man, because you never know, you know, who will vouch for you and the weight that that will hold. Now, Coach, you've had some time with some of your players. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that. They came in. You guys were able to work out a little bit before the high school league or, or the district. I believe they went by district this time around when it came to shutting things down up there in your area. What was it like to see your kids back, and, and what was your feedback? Because they haven't been around you since probably around early March when the schools were shut down. And, you know, of course, uh, they're not able to work out in, in some of the gyms. Some of them have them at home, but not all kids as a coach, what was your what was your thought not only on the physical build of them being stronger, but nutrition wise? What was your overall yeah. uh, take from these kids coming back? Well, unfortunately, man, we got nicks right before we were about to start for the first time. So uh, the only time I got to see my kids was when I, I fed them one day. Um, you know, they weren't doing anything. I I gave them a little summer schedule, and I was able to feed them and put those schedules in their hands and and get them lunch. And I was kind of able to see, you know, some of the ones that have been working out, the ones that haven't, try to encourage those, but. Uh, it's been an extremely tough summer, man. Uh, you know the guys that have been working out because they've been posting stuff, tagging you to it. Uh, but I got a ton of questions for some JV guys that I haven't seen doing anything. So uh, it's definitely going to be interesting when we're able to get back out there with them and kind of, you know, see where they're at. I mean, I, I told all of my guys, uh, my coaches the other day, man, I, I walked 18 holes two days ago, man, and I thought I was about to pass out. Yesterday, I thought I was about to pass out. So, And that was at 730 in the morning, so. If these kids aren't being acclimated, I know the commissioner says it's not a competitive advantage, but people that's been acclimated to this heat, uh, four weeks just ain't going to do it. I don't care what you say. Um, the guys that's been in the summer, you know, been able to work out all summer, you know, a majority of the summer, been used to the heat uh, versus the guys that get out there, you know, whenever they say, all right, you're good to go, uh, those guys are definitely going to be in a lot better shape than what we are. Uh, you just want to make sure that every kid is, you know, safe, uh, and they have the same equal opportunity to be successful, you know, especially these seniors. But, hey, it is what it is, man. You've got to adapt and, and, and overcome it. No doubt. We're live right now with Perry Parks. He's a golfer during the day, football coach during the nights, and running a family uh, full-time now up in Columbia at Ridgeview High School. Coach, 
a couple of things, and I haven't had this conversation with anyone tonight, and I want to bring you some different questions because I don't want to be repetitive with our guests, and I want to make sure that, you know, and I know you personally as well, so this I feel comfortable asking you these things. Number one, there are 12 schools, 12 charter schools. If I'm not mistaken, they're still practicing today, right? They haven't stopped practicing since the kickoff. And yeah. uh, this, again, not to pick on the 12 schools. Again, I love those guys. I'm very close with a lot of their coaches. But it is what it is. I'm going to call a spade a spade. And they're practicing. They're part of this deal. Now, they're not in Skiza. They're in the public school system. These 12 schools will be playing a 2 3 4 a schedule, if I'm not mistaken. How does that, how does that work, man? Again, you, you talked about a fair advantage for these guys. Hey, they're taking advantage. I can't blame them. Don't hate the player, hate the game. But yeah, it doesn't yeah. seem like it's a fair game. Yeah, it's just one of those situations, man. Like, I mean, I mean, the season's going to have an asterisk beside it either way. So, you can either complain and, you know, gripe about it or you just, you know, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, for our, co- our kids, I mean, it's all of Richland too. I mean, we can sell the same thing to our kids. As soon as we get in the weight room, we got to work that much harder to play catch-up um, because those guys that have been getting those reps. I mean, it is what it is. If, if the, the shoe was reversed and we were able to, to work out, lift and run and stuff, we would be doing it too, so. I mean, definitely, I, those guys got to get their programs ready, and uh, I don't fault them one bit. You know, as long as they're being safe and following the protocols that are out there, you know, we'd be doing the same thing. We're just not allowed to right now. So, I mean, it's just such an unusual situation, man. Like, <laughs> right. I mean, everybody's trying to figure it out at the same time. Right. Now, let's say, for example, something happens in the, the league, and I'm sure this has been a question that somebody in, in, in your conversation range has had with you. Skiza. Skiza has already said they're definitely playing. They're in. They're doing their thing. Mm-hmm. Has has that crossed your mind as a coach that, that if the public schools don't play, that, that some of these kids could go? Now, I've heard from some of the Skiza coaches saying that we're not going to take any seniors, but let's be honest. There's a kid over there that yeah. plays for you, and I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to give him any ideas, but he's a big kid. <laughs> he, yeah. It would be yeah. hard for me not to go pick him up and bring him to my school if I was one of those coaches. What's your thoughts when it comes to that and how much conversations are, are being had? And, again, when you, when you at least you look at that 12 charter schools, at least they're able to work with their kids to at least show that camaraderie. Yeah. You guys, man, you're, you're kind of – your hands are tied. Yeah, I think it go, it, 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 it's definitely – first thing, it comes down to relationships. You know, um, mm-hmm. I, personally, I have a great relationship with uh, all of the private school coaches here in the Columbia area. Um, and then I have a good relationship with my kids. Now, kids transfer – I mean, you're not going to stop a kid from transferring nowadays. I mean, that's part of the business. You know, you got to learn how to have thick skin as a coach and, hey, just understand you're not going to please everybody, you're not going to please every kid. So, if a kid transfers in, in this situation right here, you know, first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to put myself in that kid's situation. If he's a senior, you know, if he's a player, his parent's situation, you know, if there's no guarantees, you know, I, I start, you know, asking questions myself. So, I'm not going to fault any kid on that. Uh, secondly, you know, thankfully the high school league did step in and say, hey, here's our plan, that's what we're doing. So now it kind of curtails all of that curiosity for guys to step in and ask questions. Well, they don't play, I'm leaving. Um, but that, that's, that's part of it, man. You have to have good communication with the coaches in your area. I mean, even if it's a, a robbery or a situation like that where you're, you know, open lines of communication and then, like, good communication to your players. Um, you know, I, I've been lucky at Ridgeview. I think probably had maybe four, four or five kids leave since I've been there in five years. All right, in this day and age, in transferring, that's that's pretty that's pretty good numbers, man. Because kids, you know, they they get pissed off for any other reason. They're not happy. They're not playing. They'll find a reason to go. Um, and out of those situations, right. you know, probably only only one or two of those kids was actually a, a daddy issue. The other ones just legit. Kids wanted to leave. Like I mean, and that happens. But uh, 
think it comes down to just treating your kids right, you know, loving on them while you have them, you know, showing them why your program is different, why they're there, um, and uh, you don't have that issue with kids leaving. I love it. As we're live right now with Barry Parks, he joins us on a regular basis. He's one of the handful of high schools ever uh, around the area, around the state of South Carolina that checks in with us. He's coming to us from Ridgeview High School. They've got the best. i, I got to be honest, Coach, I'm a little jealous there with your gear, of course, Sporting that Nike gear, it is the Michael Jordan gift, I'm not mistaken. And then, top it off, you're getting a new field and everything. Coach, tell us about the facility, uh, the the equipment that just came in. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of buzz in football season hadn't started yet. Yeah, we're excited, man. Uh, I, I try to drive by the school as much as possible, go in my office and act like I'm doing some work, man. But the weight room is coming along nicely, man. They've uh, got walls going up. There's no roof on it yet, but there's walls going up. I, and and the, the stadium itself, man, there's still a lot of excavation, a lot of dirt being moved around. So uh, they put up the fence for us to be able to get down there and get to the field safely and be able to practice. So that's going to be a, a pretty cool environment, practicing, knowing what's getting built around you. So that would be an extra sell for our kids while they're out there working, you know, knowing, knowing that they're part of the change that brought this stadium and, you know, part of a program that's done some, some crazy stuff the last uh, five years here in the Midlands. So, uh, definitely excited. I mean, I just got off the phone with Tom Knott, so we're going to have a game-like scrimmage with those guys. I got a 9-4 uh, the week before um, The week before we actually kick off 9-11. So, uh, that's a lot, man. I mean, you got, you know, big-time state championship program, program we're trying to get to, to and playing those guys in a game-like. Uh, I know our kids will be fired up for that, man, so that'll be huge. And, you know, just be exciting to get around the kids, man, once we get the green light and just get ready for, you know, abbreviated football season. Live right now, hanging out for the final few minutes here with uh, a coach that we've got a lot of respect for here, Perry Parks uh, at Ridgeview High School. Got some big dudes. Coach, uh, let's talk to me, these big dudes. Uh, one of those guys, last name, I believe, is Gaines, right? I mean, this kid is yep. coming in uh, as a big defensive lineman. Is that right, or is he offensive lineman? Yeah, he's a defensive lineman. Yeah, so let's talk about yeah. this kid. I mean, when I saw him, I thought it was like Gaines Adams, man. I mean, he's just that big, but – uh, nice as could be, I wouldn't want to upset him. I definitely wouldn't want to get in his way. But that being the case, uh, you know, I thought he had a pretty good workout on Saturday. And I know he had a lot of attention along with a handful of other guys. Let's talk about the guys that did make it to this camp, if you don't mind, uh, on Saturday in the report you got back from some of the coaches that were there. Yeah, Antonio Gaines, man, he's definitely a, a special talent, man. Uh, uh, we do things a little differently, man. We'll have freshmen that can play, and we'll only give them about two or three JV games. We'll have a B team. Uh, and then we bring him up with us and let him practice. And we don't just bring him up to watch. So he's he's played varsity football with us as a freshman. Um, and that was two years ago. Last year was his sophomore season, and he was every down starter for us last year. Uh, he's just a different kid, man. He's got legs like a receiver, but his upper body and his thighs and his uh, his trunk are, are that of a defensive lineman, man. So he can run uh, quick, defeats any double team that faces him. Uh, he's a nasty guy, man, and he plays. He plays hard. So, super excited about Antonio. We got a, another uh, rising junior uh, in Sterling uh, that's going to play the, the defensive line position, and he's just as nasty. Got a lot of reps last year as a sophomore. Um, Sterling Goodwin is uh, probably about six, six two and a half, six three right now. Uh, reminds me a lot of a player we had that's playing at USC, Damani Staley, Duke Staley's son. Uh, can get after the passer with a relentless rush. Uh, we got another kid that wasn't at that camp, Najon Barber. I, I, I literally, I, I put our defensive line up with uh, probably anybody in the state this year. Uh, and then we have uh, uh, Alex English's nephew, uh, Jalen Franklin, 
uh, this kid looks like a sawed-off freaking sycamore tree, man. He's just <laughs> – I mean, I, I can't even explain his body type, man, but he's worked so hard uh, just as a backup, 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 and now he'll he'll play that uh, that one technique, that shade for us this year. Uh, so I'm excited uh, with those guys. We've got all of our linebackers coming back. Um, I know that um, Davin Moses was a guy at those combines. Um, um, who am I thinking of? Foots, Darius Foots is another guy. I mean, we have countless guys on that defense uh, that's kind of been hand-molded. Man, those guys know, know what we're looking for on defense. We don't get too cute or too fancy. We just pin our ears back and go, man, and uh, try to just be as sound as possible, know how to line up and understand what the offense is trying to do to us. Uh, offensively, a guy, uh, Jordan Smith, I'm super excited about him. I know he did great at that camp, uh, along with our, our quarterback. It's going to be a junior Andre Washington, uh, he's about 6'4". Uh, he can run. He can throw it. Uh, super smart kid, laid back. Uh, nothing really rattles him. Um, but we got a lot of weapons, man. We're we're excited. Uh, excited. I, mean, I got to tell you, you know, as telling my wife, I was watching Huddle the other night. She's like, oh, you're, you're starting to get back. I'm like, I just, you know, just get us back around the kids. That's that's the first step. And then, you know, everything else will fall into place. No doubt about it, Coach. I want to thank you, your family, your wife, and anybody uh, around you right now that's given us about 15 minutes tonight. I don't want to keep you any longer because you're very busy, by the way. Your golf game looks to be improved. Uh, how's the how's slip and slide life? Have you guys retired the slip and slide, or is it in full effect still here yeah, in the no, uh, end of it's, July? It's, 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 it's retired right now. I mean, I got one of their little pools <laughs> in the backyard set up as a, as a water hazard for my little golf course back there, but slip and slide has been retired right now. <laughs> It's like going putting in the backyard of the parks. I love it. Coach, as always, God bless you. Take care. Enjoy socially distance. And uh, I'm making the trip up. By the chance, uh, any chance any of your guys heading up to that big camp on the 31st in Charlotte, that, uh, the one coming yeah. up, the big Carolina Exposure one? Yeah, a good bit of those the same guys that went will be at that camp, and I might try to sneak back if we're back in town from Wisconsin. Ooh man, go pack, go! I love it. That's my that's my team in the NFL, man. If you do make it back, come by the table. We're gonna be broadcasting live, and you can kind of make some sense. Of course, you played your college ball there, and uh, at Coastal Carolina, you know that guy that we had on earlier, David Bennett. He keeps sending me motivational texts, man. I feel like I'm gonna go hit four miles after this uh, this show was off the air, man. I appreciate you helping. He's us a up. character, man. He, he, he's a character. That's not bad going after David Bennett and Scott Early, man. I think I might have made it already. <laughs> yeah, you doing it, that's, man. That's, that's the baby. Big. You hear the baby boy right there. Yep. <laughs> hey, God bless you, buddy. Take care. Thanks for being a part of my dream. And, and always, always, and I mean it from my heart, man, is always jumping in here and, and helping me, not only on the air, the things you do off the air that people don't even get to see. I appreciate it, buddy. No doubt, brother, man. Take care. Yes, sir. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. I'll bring in uh, Eugene as uh, we'll wrap up. The next, uh, looking at the clock here, probably the next 12 minutes, uh, that was Perry Parks coming in from Ridgeview High School, a 4A program, but they play 5A South football. I'm telling you what, these cats are big. They're fast, they're furious. They had a lot of dudes doing it big, uh, and we are greatly appreciated uh, from all of our coaches tonight. We had three different coaches from three different high schools. We started uh, in the low country with Coach McCoy over James Island. Then we headed up to the upstate where we were in Anderson, South Carolina at Westside with Coach Early and then right there to the Midlands. But Perry Parks gets in from Ridgeview High School. Of course, uh, he's got uh, a lot of happening things going on over there. Each one of these coaches, if you heard, they're also different. But their vision is the same. 
right? Or, or at least I would say, I don't know, maybe not their vision. Yeah, I guess so, Eugene. I'm trying to put it in perspective here because, to me, they're, they want the same outcome. Let's put it that way. But the way they may go about it may be a little different. And kind of like what you saw at the high school league and what you saw with the Lexington deal. Don't be just such a negative Nancy about the league. The Lexington deal is no good. Come on. Stop. The, the, the thing wasn't 100% bad. If you just because you didn't like it, there's something in there I can promise you. Because like, there's some things in the high school league that I like too. But why don't they work together? Hey, that's a cute. That's called a team. Together, everyone achieves more. So we can go that route too. Eugene, uh, I'm not sure if you're in here with us, buddy, but, um, you, you know, when we start to kind of look at things, brother, um, you know, great interviews tonight. I, I was trying to catch up with uh, with our buddy down there in North Augusta. I think he was out eating dinner listening to us on the radio. But, uh, again, he's got some good points, but maybe we'll catch up with him Sunday or maybe Tuesday. Yeah, I think uh, Tim, uh believe he had messaged me and said he was on the way to Tennessee Um you know, his son competes with the Coles uh, kicker in as well. So, and and yeah. today is Thursday, and he said he was setting up on Thursday. So maybe he was in the mountains or, or something like that. I'm not really sure. I haven't, haven't uh, he was a dinner. heard from him. <laughs> oh, he was a dinner. He said the host. Well, I guess he was already in Gatlinburg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, the picture like he was in Gatlinburg, and, and I know he's listening. So. And uh, we do have a lot of coaches tonight, Eugene. I'm getting tons of texts tonight. Uh, and, and, again, I, I want to thank the coaches. Look, guys, I, I'm not here to point blame at anybody. You know, pointing blame doesn't do anything. I, I'm here to point an opportunity and up in the right direction. And I want Southern Sports Central to be a roundtable for you coaches. Come on in. Let's debate this thing because there wasn't much debate on Wednesday. It was three hours of talking, but not a lot of debate, not a lot of ifs and muts, and, 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 and it is what it is. And, and let's move forward from that, too. But, for you coaches that, that are listening in here tonight for the first time and for you guys that have listened in for a long time with me and now, of course, Eugene joining me here, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to what we do and what we are about. Again, it's about the kids. It's 100% about the kids. And, and if you only knew some of the things behind the scenes, and Eugene, you're, you're, you're kind of new to this part of life, right? You've been a coach for a little while there, and now you're on the media side of life. I mean, did you realize that it took so much work to get three hours of sports radio put together? Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the college thing. They said for every one hour you spend in class, you spend about three hours of prep. And uh, it kind of reminds me of that because, you know, if you're on the radio for nine hours a week, it's easily between going between – because we don't cover just one sport. We don't cover just one league. So it's not like everything SEC or everything ACC or everything just NFL or major baseball. Especially with high school, you know, like like the guys pointed out and we talked about earlier, there's uh, 216 high schools in this state. So we cover all those and all the kids there and all sports, um, as well as college, NFL. If it's relevant and if it's relevant to, to, to the listeners and something they care about, then we're going to cover it. So that means we can't just, you know, hey, just go click on Twitter and say, oh, um, what's going on? I mean, you really got to keep up to date right. with what's going on. You got to make notes. You got to go to your social media accounts. You got to, you know, set up the show. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of work, and it really is, um, but it's also a lot of fun. And at the end of the day, when the opportunity presents itself to promote um, you know, our mission, and that is to promote, you know, some of these young athletes and, and hopefully get them heard and get them seen and get them to have a, an opportunity to go on and do something else, whether it be in a, a sport or even in business or a career, um, you know, and that's what makes it all worth it. So, you know, if you do nine hours a, a day, 
or 10 hours a day and it helps out one kid, then I think it's all worth it. And that's kind of, you know, hopefully, you know, that's what we were blessed with. That's what the big man keeps giving us the opportunity every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday to do. So very thankful for that. And uh, speaking of the uh, conversation about Tim, uh, we'll be leaving early in the morning and uh, heading up to Gatlinburg. You know, we've got three kids from the academy who will be kicking this weekend. I just heard earlier that they're on the early morning kicking session, so they'll be checking in at about 6.30 or so on the field and uh, ready to roll around 8, 8.30. And then um, Spencer, the rising junior, uh, will be coming in in the second group after that. So um, looking forward to it, Uh, looking forward to getting on the road and watching these guys perform. There's uh, 625 kids from around the country uh, at this competition. So it's a really big deal. Every kick is filmed and sent out to every college in the country. So this these kids' chance to, to, to do it and show themselves and, and to uh, represent schools. So look, really looking forward to it, Rich, man. You have a great night. Y'all stay safe. There you go. Look at there. Eugene signing off early. There you go. So check it out. So normally I, I'm kind of a creature of habit, right? Tuesday nights, it's, it's a little Caesar night at the studio. I go and pick up a little $5 pizza and uh, come in and enjoy my pizza in the studios. And, uh, of course, with Eugene not here, we usually have extra pizza. We just throw it in the refrigerator, and there you go. On Thursday nights, I'm, I'm kind of – that's my, my other ritual is, again, being a baseball football guy, I, I'm a creature of habit. Uh, I eat Chinese food, so I always have a fortune cookie, right? So I get my fortune cookie tonight. And, again, I don't know if it's like a birthday wish or not supposed to tell anybody, but I don't get into all that. Where there is a will, there is a way. So I don't know if that's for the high school league and the coaches across the state of South Carolina and everybody else that's struggling with something right now. Take that, do what you will with it. You know, the thing I think is weird, and, and, and I heard this at church two Sundays ago. I go to up the cathedral over here on Ashley Falls State and invite you guys to come join me, socially distanced. There's a ton of room. You don't even have to sit around me. There's a ton of seats. Come hang out with me. But long story short, uh, the pastor, Eddie, that was up there was sharing something, man. He showed a picture of, of how things used to be and how things – probably won't be going forward and just think about the birthday cake right think about all the all the birthday cakes you've ever sat there and just blown all over the cake and then we're just going to indulge in that <laughs> that birthday cake man i say that's a whole different deal i bet you don't need birthday cake anymore if somebody blows on it it's a whole different thing it's like when you're in uh one of your local grocery stores or or something like that and somebody you know somebody sneezes man the whole place goes down it's like gunshots man it's a different deal or Three, about, about two months ago, I was, I was coming out of uh, our local grocery store down the street, Publix, and, and a kid must have, uh, I, I guess he saw the, this older gentleman in, in his mid-50s, I guess he walked out of the bathroom, didn't wash his hands, and you know the thing about a child that you can never, ever, ever, ever not appreciate is the honesty? Trust me, we all have that one child in the house that we know that if anything happens, that's the child that's going to tell us everything. Well, this dude comes out of the bathroom, and all of a sudden I hear a kid yell, Hey, mister, you didn't wash your hands. <laughs> the guy never made it to the grocery store. He made a, tar, a hard left and out the door he went and never to be seen again at the Publix uh, here in Somerville. But, uh, again, you know, those are the stories, guys, that I hope you're sharing, that you're having fun. Again, it's a lot of chaos. It's a lot of turmoil. There's a lot of, a lot of issues going on. And if you watch my social uh, feed today at Richie Altman on Facebook, it's a picture of me wearing a Mac Daddy. I mean, a fly suit. It's green. Can't miss me there at uh, Channel 2. And, uh, you know, I, I came to you live, and, and I just said, you know, sometimes, you know, we got to stop what we're doing and just take it all in. Just take a moment. Take a breather and, and realize that it, it, it's much greater than, than, than what's right here right now. And it's only big right now because it's in front of us because what we see today 
this time tomorrow won't be quite a big a deal, right? So the biggest thing going into the weekend, I'm going to ask you guys to do a few things. Number one, you know, let, let's stay positive through the weekend. Let's stay positive going into this thing. Don't be that negative man saying, I'm not picking on anybody in particular. I'm just saying going forward, whatever the plan may be after, after everything's all said and done, we'll, we'll all jump together and we'll do what's got to be done. All right? That's the key. Again, I, I don't want anybody to sit here and think I don't want football in the fall because Friday nights for the last, since 2011, I've been in a press box or down on the sideline. All right? So I have been lost beyond belief. Heck, I started running four miles a day just to find something to do, right? That's crazy. That's what I do, though, because I'm so used to being around sporting events, and there are no sporting events. So that being said, I hope you guys have an incredible weekend. I hope everybody enjoys the company around them, socially distanced, of course. But I really hope and pray that you guys take a moment to just enjoy the moment. Maybe there's a reason we're slowing down. Maybe there's a reason that we're not going at 1,000 miles a minute. Even Walmart is closing down early, guys. I mean, if that doesn't tell you anything, I guess the next move would be a, uh, the, the, the local Chick-fil-A. I guess once it shuts down, we'll all get serious. But until then, guys, I do hope you guys have a great weekend. We'll be back live again coming your way on Sunday night. You can check us out right here on Block Talk Radio. And, we'll, of course, we'll put out the link and all that stuff. So for that, uh, we do thank our sponsors for everything that they do. We're looking forward to having more sponsors. If you want to come in here and support the young kids and be a part of what we do, don't hesitate. Reach out. Let us know. Don't forget, on Tuesday night at 6 o'clock, we'll come to you live all the way from the shipyard in Mount Pleasant for Home Run Derby, five high schools and a handful of kids that are the class of 2020. They've already got their education. They've already, well, they've already got their diplomas. But somebody's going to walk out of there with a couple of trophies. So that being said, don't miss out. Until next time, we say so long, farewell, God bless, and we'll see you then, guys. Take care. Three claps, we're ready tonight. Three claps. Three claps. Three claps. 27 years ago, I sat in this locker room just like you guys on a knee getting ready to play a game. I walked down the locker room, it still smells the same. It takes you back real quick. One of the things that caught me was how fast 27 years goes by. There's so many people that live vicariously through you. I would give anything tonight to jump in one of these uniforms with you guys. Let's do something I never had an opportunity to do. My father never saw me play. You play for your father tonight. That feeling goes away. It goes away, and it doesn't come every Friday night. It comes when you get married. It comes when your child's born. So you get it. But you just don't get it every Friday night. You're going to miss that more than anything in the world. That's what I miss. And so you seniors that are focused on college, you're focused on your work after high school, what you're going to do next, you're focused on tomorrow, aren't you? You've got plenty of time for tomorrow. But these tonights, they're going by fast. You focus on tonight. This is about you guys. This is about the guys in this room that care about each other, that know there's only so many more of these nights left. It's about you. They're a faceless opponent. They just happen to draw the short straw tonight. Now get your asses ready to play. Win on three. One, two, three. I feel that you. 
smell that fresh cut grass I'm back in my helmet, cleats and shoulder pads Standing in the huddle, listening to the call Fans going crazy for the boys of fall didn't let just anybody in that club Took every ounce of heart and sweat and blood To get the widow's game day jerseys down the hall The kings of the school, man, where the boys are fall Well, let's turn and face the stars and stripes Oh. 